a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. Well, maybe it was just on the internet. Hey, what do I know? I'm just the voiceover dude. Anyway, three people decide to be a bright, brand new original idea to get together on the internet and talk about all sorts of things. Everything was fair game. Things like video games. All your base are belong to us. Comics. I'm Batman. TV shows. I'll be in my bunk. Movies. Time to nut up or shut up. All we cared about was having a good, long, nerdy conversation. So have a seat, kick your feet up, and relax with our hosts, the Atahan. It's, it's always fun to beat up hookers with a giant purple dildo. Naki. Um, I say dicks a lot. Dicks, 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 dicks. Chris. I love how we keep talking about penises today. (laughs) (laughs) And don't forget our weekly special guest host. Now let's get ready to talk about all things good and nerdy. Good morning, everyone. Sorry. Hey, don't don't overrun my intro, damn it. (laughs) We're sorry. Fuck your intro. It's over. We screwed it up. What is this this amateur hour bullshit? And yes, this is staying in the audio version because it makes me laugh. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to episode 33 of All Things Good Nerdy, tentatively called the Thanksgiving Coma Show, because I don't know about you guys, I ate too much turkey and it made me sleepy. This is, what is it, Sunday, November 25th, 2012. We're recording live, and let's see, we got our panel of four today. Let's just start across the bottom. And <laughs> I had a brain fart. It's not my fault. <laughs> Um, and with us this week, we have our special guest host, Michelle, who has now taken the crown as the most frequent guest host of All Things Good and Nerdy. She actually took the guest hosting spot from Ryan, who was supposed to be on this morning, but he canceled last minute last night. So, so, so Ryan, this is how we get back at you. We find someone to take the record uh, from you. <laughs> <laughs> but welcome back, Michelle. Thank you. Always, always happy to be here. Well, we're always glad to have you on the show. Um before we get started on the news, you guys got any opening thoughts? Um, I'm playing Borderlands and dying. I should probably quit doing this right now. <laughs> also, I'm a raptor. If you can't tell, I'm losing my voice pretty badly. So what you're saying is we won't get your attention for most of the show because you're busy dying. <laughs> that, that's a yes in raptor, I'm assuming. <laughs> oh, I forgot to start the time. <laughs> Bloody hell. Anywho... <laughs> Somebody forgot the clock. Anyways, let's uh, let's start <laughs> off with our news of the week. Live from the ATG and studios on uh, the internet, it's the news of the week. And who would like to go first? Michelle, were you going to go first on this Yeah, one? I think I should go first. Mine isn't exactly happy news. Um, uh, Friday, um, Larry Hagman passed away. He was um, 81. Um, most people know him as J.R. Ewing from Dallas. Um, not only was he, you know, in the original show, but TNT rebooted Dallas last year, and um, he he was also part of that. And he's actually, you know, they renewed it, and they were actually filming um, season two. Um, and he was um, um, reprising his role as J.R. Ewing in the second season as well. So um, obviously, they were going to have to change the second season, but. Um, I actually, you know, remember Larry Hagman also from I Dream of Jeannie, um, where he played oh, yeah. um, Major Tony Nelson, um, which um, I'm not, I didn't actually see it when it first came on the air, you know, that was 1965. Um, when I was a kid, it was in syndication, so I would come home from school, and I would watch Bewitched and I Dream of Jeannie, and what was interesting is that at 
at when I would watch, um, you know, I Dream of Jeannie, that was at the same time that Dallas was on the air. So, you know, here I am at a young age, and I'm actually seeing the same actor in two different roles, and it was um, interesting how, like, I actually learned about, like, what actors do by watching Larry Hagman, you know, in the afternoon as, you know, Tony Nelson, and then at night, you know, see him as J.R. Ewing. So he was very formative about, like, how I understood, you know, actors and what they do. Um, but um, now I loved I Dream of Genie. You know, it's sort of like this mix of fantasy and science fiction because um, uh, Larry Hagman's character, uh, Major Tony Nelson, was um, he worked for NASA and, you know, and everything. And, you know, he found the Genie, which was played by Barbara Eden. So it was. You know, he's a big part of, you know, like my childhood and sure. and everything. So he's going to be really missed and, you know, so, yeah. Yeah, I'd heard the news that he'd passed away. Did they have, I wonder if they had a lot of big plans for him in season two of Dallas and how they're having to compensate for that. Yeah, because he, you know, was big in, he was a big part of season one mm -hmm. and, you know, him and like Patrick Duffy and Linda Gray came back and they were really like the backbone of the show and um so it's going to be interesting to see cuz it's going to be, leave a major hole um, it's kind of so. it's kind of the same problem they ran into in the last season of the West Wing when John Spencer passed away and his character who was portraying on the show was the vice presidential candidate so they <laughs> yeah. had to do a creative rewrite of the last four episodes basically because they couldn't keep him alive in the show realistically because he was dead in real life and I don't yeah know, I, I, it's tough for the writers, but it's even worse for the fans. <laughs> yeah, so I, because they they obviously cannot recast. You cannot recast J.R. Ewing. That's it's impossible. Yeah, there'd, so there'd be a revolt. People would be like, "What the hell? This makes no sense." But yeah, they did do it with the Matrix, though. The Matrix movies, they had to recast yeah. the Oracle, and they did a creative way to rewrite that. But sci-fi is a lot easier to explain that away. Yeah. <laughs> I was gonna say they did it with they did it with um, Harry Potter with Dumbledore. That's true too. But that Harry. was. That was I mean, like what after two movies. Yep. It was, it wasn't as bad. It wasn't like you know. I mean, J.R. Ewing. It's, he's so iconic. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah, it's it's something completely like. Yeah. I, I'm like sitting here thinking about I Dream of Genie now and how much I watched it when I was a kid. I get really confused when when I saw it on Twitter. Um, people just hashtag Major Nelson, and I thought it, they were talking about the Xbox guy. Oh, it was yeah. Like, That's what I thought at first too. I was like, Major Nelson's dead. <laughs> He just tweeted. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say I just saw his Twitter. I don't understand. So, but yeah, I, I actually I I loved I Dream of Genie, and I, I still do. I, I, if I catch it on like the Hub or whatever, um, I used to watch it on Nick at Night with like Bewitched and the Monsters and the Adams Family. It used to be what I watched on Nick at Night in the evening. Yeah, yeah. So. I wish those shows were still on TV where I could see them. They have like it's on the hub every now and then. Like I'll catch it when I catch like nineteen sixties Batman. With yeah, Adam but you West. see, Nick and Knight used to just have a block of those. It's true. It'd be like three what straight hours to... of classic TV. Nick and Knight is now like Full House. Yeah, it's because like, that is old school TV now. I know, and I'm sitting there like, <laughs> I'm so old. It's because we're old, guys. <laughs> oh. Full House is considered old school comedy <laughs> and Family Matters and all that stuff. I got that a lot when we were shopping. Like, they have this, like, 20th anniversary edition of this game came out. And I'm like, am I really that old? I when that came out. Look. Yeah. Yeah. My, my sister was making me feel old the other day. She's like, did you know Monsters, Inc. is 11 years old? And I'm like, no, it's not. She's like, yeah, it is. But I just think how old the original Toy Story is now. I know. And I'm like, yeah. oh, God. God. Oh, I'm going to be 30 soon, guys. 
I'm a lot closer to 30 than I am 20 now. (laughs) (laughs) I am too. I get less than three years. I got two. (laughs) It's okay. You'll live. Not much is going to change. I might go to less tailgating. But other than that, I imagine my life will remain the same. Um, uh, No. No, I'm pretty positive nothing really is going to change on my end. Age is a number. And you know we can still see your TV as you play Borderlands, right? No, it's not, it's not Borderlands anymore. I changed it so it's just it's just playing Top Gear now. Okay, I thought it was a Borderlands logo I saw in the background. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, it's Top Gear now. Well, let's go on, continue with our news of the week. Some <laughs> less sad news. Let's go with Naki. What did you have for us this week? Yay! Okay, so for those of you who aren't aware, I have a huge crush on Tomo, Ta- Tamo. Wow, I really screwed up his name. Tamo Pennicott who I actually got to meet at C2E2 a couple years ago, and uh, the news dropped that he will be in uh, Man of Steel, but they're not allowed to say who he's playing, so there's been a lot of speculation. Sod. Here you I go, ladies. Is that better? He would make a great... Because he's sexy. He's and I like Zod. It, <laughs> I like it when they make Zod very interesting, like not just pure evil. I like it when they make him very charismatic, and that's sort of a villain. Um, well, he's not Zod. We know that much. Oh, shoot. Because Zod's already been cast. Um, oh, really? Yeah. The speculation is for Henry Eckardson. Um, that's off of IMDb, though, that's so I, who knows? That's off of IMDb. But uh, that's Metallo. Metallo? I'm going to just fuck it's up Metallo. every name. Thank you. I'm going to fuck up every name that I possibly can <laughs> this morning. Um... In any case, that is that is the the rumor that he is going to play. If they're going to bring in a reference to Metallo, I hope it's just that, that they're hinting at something in the future versus trying to bring in Metallo and Zod and everyone, all these other things. I, I would assume they're not. Going I completely, to. I completely agree with you because they're gonna they're gonna do the thing that they did with Green Lantern, where they overload the movie. If I think if they're gonna if they're gonna bring in all of these villains at one time, it's just gonna overload it, and it's gonna be crap. It's one of the things that worries me a little bit because they have so much staked on making this movie be good. They they yeah, I yeah. I I'd really personally I if they just if they just put him shirtless right there for a little while. <laughs> this is the first time I've actually ever looked at the casting for this movie off IMDb, which you can't always go by IMDb, but damn. Yeah, there's a lot of big names in there. He actually tweeted out, like, if you if you look at the article that I'm looking at, which is on the marysue.com, um, he says that he tells somebody that he cannot confirm or deny his character name, but he's in the movie, so we well, know that much. <laughs> going back as Going back as far as Battlestar Galactica, he originally wasn't supposed to be a main character. He was supposed to be a bit player who lived through part of season one and then died. And I guess it was Edward James almost said something. He's like, this guy's really good. You guys need to find a way to keep him. And that's how he got rolled into everything. I think that seems. happened with Dollhouse, too. I don't think he was supposed to be as major a player as he was in Dollhouse. And I think that uh, yeah. Joss Whedon liked him so much that he was just like, ah, oh, fuck it, we'll keep him the around. with we Dollhouse like is no one's really sure what it was supposed to be originally because it changed like two or three times throughout its run. I'm yeah. not gonna lie though, I still really enjoyed I, I think I'm one of the few people who really enjoyed Dollhouse. I enjoyed oh, season I one. Yeah. I enjoyed but the whole thing. In season know. two, they were like, This is the last season. Tell the story. Wrap it all up. 
it went that's, by really fast. Yeah. They it had no choice but to do that. Yeah. Right. Uh, sorry, we got a, a comment on the YouTube side about General Zod. Michael Shannon is General Zod, is with bacon, <laughs> is what Anthony Bachman <laughs> says. But uh, Michael Shannon, if you've watched uh, Boardwalk Empire, he's the, uh, crap, he's like the alcohol enforcement officer or something like that. He's really creepy in that. And supposedly some of his other stuff, which I can't remember off the top of my head, people said he's been really good in. And the most important part of the Man of Steel is it does have Cowboy Curtis. Okay. <laughs> Orpheus. Yeah, he's uh, he's Perry White. Uh, trauma time. Tra- I'm going to continue to screw up your name, dude. Um, it says he's too nice to play a bad guy. I disagree with you there. Um, he's uh, he's very ranged in his acting. Um, he's badass as a bad guy in Castle. He, he was. Uh, I actually got to see clips of that, and it's scary how 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 much he can flip to a bad guy. It's fantastic. Um, he's one of those names I actually wouldn't mind seeing more of because there's you know you don't always get to see the people because they they get ruled out by the big names like Johnny Depp and whatnot. And, um, I would love to see more of Tamu. Tamo. Timo. TP. <laughs> and the SVU guy in the cast for this thing, too. Yeah, there's all sorts of stuff. Richard Schiff's in there, who was awesome. And he's going to be Emile Hamilton. Just please don't. Just don't. Just don't ruin it. Like, I really want a good Superman movie. Like, I might not be a huge Superman fan, but, like, I I really want a good Superman movie. That's And, and I never blamed Black Brandon Routh for what happened with his movie, but... That was such no. a bad movie. That was on Brian Singer. That yeah. was such a bad movie. Brian Singer tried to make a tribute to the Richard Donner Superman movies. Yeah, but it was yeah, bad. Was very bad. Poor script, bad direction. Super, yeah, it, but to be fair, Brandon Routh basically channeled Christopher Reeve, and it was awesome, though. Yeah, he did yeah. He did a great job. I did. Like I said, I don't blame him. But I, I really wish, wanted a good Superman movie. He's an actor I wish had more work. Unfortunately, his TV show got canceled. He was on Partners, so that, movie, mm-hmm. that show was awful, anyway. Yeah, no, and it was like, <laughs> oh, this poor guy. He does he does such great work with the crap he's given. And it's just, <laughs> you know, it's, it's like, true. Give, it's true. I really want him to have like a main role in something that's really well written. Dylan Dog. Sorry. Did you ever see his guest? Season basically in Chuck. <laughs> he was a he was a CIA agent in there who basically took over running the organization, and then there were some twists and turns that came out. He was fantastic. Like season two is basically his season. He's in there the entire time, and then they bring him back off and on. I mean, I was a fan of Chuck to begin with, but adding Brandon Routh in there, it was it was fun because you had Brandon really Routh need, talking to Jane. I've been told I really need to watch that show because yeah. I guess the girl. Who's it? Who was the lead chick in Chuck? Is now on Dexter, and I've Yvonne never watched. Yvonne Sure. Yes. Yeah. Another Australian actress who can do a perfect American accent is crazy. She's hot. Let's try. <laughs> they bank on that in the show. <laughs> Lady time. I mean, what? All right. Somebody else go with their news. <laughs> I think we should all just put Naki on the spot here and just stare. <laughs> All right, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's go with the next news story. I'll go next, and it is a story I picked up off of Comics Alliance that an original page of Calvin and Hobbes artwork, including the watercolors, just sold for $200,000. Whoa. Which is really 
awesome because very rarely is is uh, Bill Watterson's art for sale. I mean, pretty much once he stopped doing Calvin and Hobbes, he just kind of dropped off the face of the earth because that was his fun. But 200K. I mean, somebody get me that. Like right now. Calvin and Hobbes was the shit. Yeah. Still is. It is still the shit. I will still go back and read back read my Calvin and Hobbes books. Yeah, but I've got the I've got it up in the page view. It's this is the art that act, this is a copy of the art that actually sold the printed version. But a little over two hundred thousand dollars. I think it was it says two hundred three thousand one hundred and fifty dollars. Wow. Jeez. Yeah. Want want. <laughs> And they say, just to get an idea of how valuable this piece became, an original 1966 peanut strip signed by Charles Schultz sold for $29,000 last weekend. Seriously? Yeah. God, I want that, too. So that gives you an idea of just how rare it is to get some original (laughs) Bill Watterson art from Calvin and Hobbes. Seriously. And as someone who loved that cartoon series, well, that cartoon series as a kid growing up, it was awesome, and then I realized when you go back and read it as an adult, there's a whole different layer of context to everything. You're like, this is even oh funnier now. The parents. The parents. How did I miss that stuff when I was a kid? Yeah. Oh, Calvin's parents are fantastic. I love his dad. His dad's great. <laughs> yeah. But that that was what blew my mind. The, and the guy who sold it had owned the art for 26 years after receiving it as a gift from Bill Watterson. Wow. But incredible. I mean, just just imagine what other people are thinking. You might have some of that art. They're probably. Like, I wonder how much I can get for it now. Hmm. I wouldn't sell it. I'd still hold on to it. Seriously. Anyway, um, before we go on to the next story, I think we got some more YouTube comments. Going back, Anthony Bachman says Kevin Spacey Luther was epic, and I really did enjoy his Lex Luther. Yeah. Myself. Uh, Trauma Time says I would like a good Superman movie too. And he wants to see the Legion in the Superman movie. <coughs> well, I think that would be cool. It's a hard sell right now if you're trying to bring back the franchise. Maybe in a sequel you could do something with it, or you could try and do your own Legion movie. Do like Marvel's doing and do a bunch of spin-off stuff. They the did spin-off stuff seems to work pretty well, though. Yeah, I mean, if Marvel can make the Guardians of the Galaxy movie, I'm sure DC can make a Legion of Superheroes movie. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying. Rocket Raccoon's going to carry that movie. That's all I'm saying. Why do you think he's in an Avengers book now? (laughs) I think, though, that DC needs to make a good... Like, I I don't know. Like, I'm trying to think outside of Batman. What are their good movies? Like, besides Um, the old school Superman. Really, all they've done is Batman and Superman and Green Lantern movies. And the Green Lantern was so amazing. Unless you want to... Yeah, exactly. Yeah. If you're talking animated movies, it's a whole different topic because they kick Marvel's ass in the animated movie world. Yeah, that's true. I I love their animated movies. I think I have a whole bunch of them just stacked there. I don't even think Marvel's trying to compete in that, but that's where I think you're going to see them partner with Pixar to start putting out some animated direct-to-DVD movies. Oh, God, that would be amazing. I'm just saying, that's my conspiracy theory. That'd be cool. Pixar is owned by Disney, which owns Marvel. It's why I said that. Do you think? Do you really think Disney's going to pick up DC too? No, no, I don't think they give a fuck. <laughs> They'll let Time Warner keep owning that one. Well, Adahe loved that that comment so much he walked away from it. I had to turn drops. off the wife's speaker because I didn't know she left it on. It was just he was just <laughs> emphasizing how much he didn't think it was going to happen by walking off. Right, right now Mike I think drop. Disney's looking looking at a few other companies and. Uh, 
that one's probably on the bottom of their list if if, if they even care at all. Wait, what? They already own Pixar. Nah, we were, I thought we were about DC. Oh, DC's owned by Time Warner. They're not going anywhere. Yeah. Warner Brothers owns them. I would be shocked to see that get spun off. Anywho, next story, news of the week. I think the last one we've got up is for you, Adahek, and your story, just the title of it made me laugh, so now I'm going to let you explain it to me. <laughs> I don't remember the title. What title did I put? Uh, scroll down. Oh, the console is for porn. That's right. It made me lol. Everyone's all choked up get, now. Get, breathe, so, die. Yeah, every, everyone everyone knows the internet's for porn, and it always has been. But and um, cat pictures, and cat pictures. Yes, um, with the gamers, average, the average age of gamers today is thirty-one years of age. Uh, that was a statistic that kind of threw me off. Thirty-one. Yeah, I'm younger. Um, and that, of course, that's just that's average. So average. at this point, a company, um, Sugar DVD, <laughs> you can Google it if you want. <laughs> Um, has put out a subscription-based service for Xbox 360, PlayStation, and PlayStation 3 owners uh, for unlimited streaming of pornography to your console. Um, this is seven dollars and ninety-five cents. <laughs> what do they do? Just use the web browser in it? I don't know. Because <laughs> I know the PS3 has a web browser, and I'm pretty sure the Xbox just put one in the latest. Well, the Xbox, update. the Xbox has a UPorn app. Um, no, that's got to be a bookmark or something. No, it's, it was. Um, I, I can't see Microsoft letting that happen in their console. They sell to families. I like. I. I, I could have. Oh, I was reading an article on it, and it wasn't on April Fool's Day. So, <laughs> are you sure? Did you actually check the date? Yes, I checked the date. You're such a <laughs> jerk. <laughs> but yeah. Um, also, you can get this for your Roku box as well. I found out. No, here's some clarification off Kotaku, is that uh, porn site declares are now on the Xbox 360. The folks behind the site, Uporn, are taking advantage of the fact the Xbox 360 gets Internet Explorer, allowing them to stream. They even hacked an above image to show what it would be like if Uporn had its own Xbox app. Oh, okay. So the, the image was Photoshop. Okay. The Uporn one was? I, say, I, I don't have a console to test this out to see how it works. Oh, here um, we go. Chris, there's, there's even a better statement here. The, the uh, guy in Kotaku, quote, I asked Microsoft how they feel about their family-friendly console becoming a, quote, <laughs> evil machine for pornography and sin, end quote. Here's their statement. <laughs> 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 to be clear, we are adding Internet Explorer to Xbox Live, not specific adult content providers like YouPorn or any other specific website. Additionally, we give members and parents the option to turn this feature off or on for their accounts. So access to Internet Explorer for all child accounts is blocked by default. Fancy. <laughs> so no porns for you. Aww. <laughs> Man. I mean, I could continue using my laptop, I suppose. Yeah. My my guess is is that the sugar DVD service is probably a website you just have to log into through the Internet Explorer app. But that's still really funny. Yeah. Wow. The, the Roku one is apparently a specific Roku channel. From what There's multiple porn ones for the Roku box. Because I was looking through some of the third-party ones, I was like, this is a giant list of porn. 
Because I was adding like some of the stupid stuff on there. I was like, let's see how this channel works. And I was like, there's 26 entries for porn just on this page alone. Holy like, shit. Holy crap. The urge to wow. start singing the internet is for porn is, let me tell you, it's really strong right now. Please feel free. I'm in Velop... I'm a raptor right now. It'll... It'd be the raptor edition. Man, the internet just... is really, really great. For board. <laughs> it is an, an Internet Explorer Internet Explorer app, so... Uh, well, see, here's the problem. They're using an Internet Explorer to begin with. Well, you kind of have to on the Xbox, don't you? Yeah, the same with Sony. you got to use their proprietary browser to do anything. But, you know, you could always use it to watch uh, video game-based porn, like there just recently apparently was a Texas Chainsaw Massacre porn parody made that was apparently pretty horrible. Well, porn parodies are generally funny in some cases. Like, I would love to watch the Batman one just for humor's sake. There's an Avengers one. I heard that. With China I've seen, in it. I've I seen the, the Avengers concept. one, and it's terrifying because China's in it. Yeah, China is as the She-Hulk. <laughs> oh my <laughs> god. Kind of appropriate. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> We need to do Porn and Chicken Night with a parody porn. It'd be hilarious. Fuck yeah. You can't stream it on YouTube, though, because they'll get upset and pull, pull it well, down. What are we, what are, well, what, are, what can we stream it on? Nothing. Nothing, probably. <laughs> <laughs> you couldn't have the camera on the porn, at least. It's true. I mean, we could just sit here and be like, all right, everybody, turn on pirates, right? the pirate porn right now. And You mean we're going to sync up like an audio track yeah. for it? Yes. You could have an audio track accompaniment of ATGN for the pirates porn. Yes. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> do it. Do it riff track style. It's like, oh my. Did you just stick that? Oh my god. <laughs> like Mystery Science Theater three thousand. <laughs> uh, we need a new topic. No. <laughs> porn is the best topic. Let's cover a couple of the YouTube comments real quick. Uh, Anthony says Ralph played a superb vegan on Scott Pilgrim. The guy's great. Right there. Yeah. Right. That is true. He was badass on there. Let's see. Also, he says that's because Marvel makes their animated films for kids and DC makes their animated films for adults. And that's 100% right. Because I don't know about you, I wouldn't let my kid watch Batman Under the Red Hood. That's very true. Not until they're like 12, 13, maybe. Because <laughs> it's kind of violent and lots of character death talked about and referenced. I, maybe I was just younger when I started watching that stuff. But then again, I'm kind of fucked up in the head, so maybe it's a good thing that kids shouldn't watch that movie. <laughs> well, some of the direct DVD stuff they're putting out now is kind of uh, dark. Porn. But that, that's what comics are shifting to in general now, is they're going after the whole, hey, it works for Christopher Nolan and Batman, let's make everything dark. That's true. Oh, it's I, going back although, to the net cycle. Yeah, it's like the 90s thought, again. Okay, was I the only one who found Thor, the, the first movie Thor, obviously. I thought it was funny. Like, I thought there was, like, really good humorous moments in it. I thought I, so, too. Thor was a pleasant surprise. I didn't think I was actually going to be interested in Thor. I was I was really happy with how Thor came out. I thought Thor was going to suck, and I really enjoyed it. I, I laughed a lot in Thor. Probably more than people should have. But... <laughs> Well, they've done a good job with most of the Marvel movies of trying to insert humor into things, so it's not just straight drama, straight action. That's true. They that's did what, that Avengers. I mean, yeah, I mean that's what Robert Downey Jr. was there for—to make quips and then blow things up. <laughs> he does that in the Call of Duty commercial too. I know. 
That was the only person who I recognized in that commercial. I think there were other people who I was supposed to recognize, and they're like, they're YouTube sensations, and I'm like, oh, that's oh, why. That's why. Mm-hmm. Well, since we've wrapped up our news of the week, let's uh, let's go into some of our, our news items for the movie and TV side of things. We'll start off with the first story. Do any of you guys watch Community? Nope. Yes. Yes. All right, so we got three out of the four people on the panel watch Community, because I do as well. It's probably not much of a surprise to folks. You've probably seen the writing on the wall, but Chevy Chase has officially left Community or is I in the process of leaving Community. Nope. That's not yeah. surprising. He'd been bitching and moaning for two years about how he didn't like the show and the format of the show, so I think he was just trying to find his way out. And now that, you know, uh, Dan... Why can't I think of his name? Harmon. Thank you. Dan Harmon. Since he's not a part of it, and, you know... Well, he didn't like Dan Harmon. I figured that'd keep him around. Yeah, but I don't know. Like, I'm really really disappointed with what's, what's... with what is happening with Community. Like, I, like I have been, but it's just like, well, wow. NBC kind of wants it to die. <laughs> and I don't understand why. They brought back friggin' Whitney before they brought back Community. And that show is garbage. I watched the first ten minutes of the first episode. I was like, nope, no more. I couldn't even get through that much. You, I wanted you to bleach my brain after that. You survived longer than me. And one of my friends, like, compared themselves to it. And I'm like, no, because I like you. Mm-hmm. I know. NBC is like... You know, community, they they want community to be like the Big Bang Theory, and that's just never going to happen. Thank the God. Community is really, you know, geeky and and such. And Big Bang Theory's gotten a lot more general, and it's just mm-hmm. no keep community the way you know it is, and just let it be. NBC gets these good shows that appeal to a small but dedicated fan base, and then they try to expand it by changing it. I mean, the same thing happened with Chuck, is that they tried to cancel it three different times, but the fans came around it and brought it back. Like, they unofficially, well, excuse me, they did their movement to get Subway to sponsor the show by saying, hey, if you're a Chuck fan, go out and buy a Subway sandwich today. And there were so many people that went out and bought sandwiches and stuff that Subway's like, hey, we'll sponsor the show for next season. And stuff like yeah. that. And same thing with community. It's got a small, dedicated fan base that wants to see it there, and they're vocal. You'd think you'd want to capitalize on that and be like, "Hey, we know it's not the greatest ratings before, but it's not like it's a, it's losing money for them." The DVD sales is probably where they're making bank, or the Hulu sales. I was gonna say probably Hulu. Um, honestly, I don't know many people who buy DVDs much anymore. Because they have these, like, fancy streaming services. Well, that's kind of sad. Well, it depends, because most of those things on the streaming service, you got to wait a year or two after they come out to get them. Yeah. Unless it's uh, some show that's associated with Hulu and goes directly on there. But Community comes back on February 7th, is what they're saying. It was originally supposed to come back on October 9th. Yes, and they, they actually did um, uh, Danny Putty and... Uh, oh, yeah, October 19th. Uh, yeah. It's a fluid thing. Yeah. It's a state of mind, rather. Yeah. yeah they, they did a they did the the commercial they did with that was was pretty fantastic. And I love Donald Glover too. So. Yeah, it's a it's a thirteen episode order, and I would say that probably you won't see another season of Community. I'm I was going to say this, this is probably it. It's it's been shifted around so much. They're having people leave the show. They've lost the showrunner who was responsible for some of the quirky but funny stuff on there. Well, they didn't lose him. They fired him. They fired him, him, yeah. That's a completely different... (laughs) That's true. Um, I just hope before it goes, we get one more paintball episode. Ah. I I, paintball episodes. I just love the subtleties with Community, because what what show takes three years to set up a Beetlejuice joke? 
Exactly. Yes. I fucking love that. Yes. It's it's the subtle humor. I don't know. I think a lot of TV <laughs> show, TV channels and stuff in general don't realize that you don't have to have a comedy that makes you sit there and laugh out loud the entire time. You can have nice subtle humor and throwbacks to things that give you a chuckle here and there because sometimes that's more enjoyable than just somebody going on screen and acting like an idiot. It's true. I yep. mean, I think, like, shows like The Big Bang Theory, which I have my own issues with, um, regardless, you know, they, they have that laugh track, which tells you when to laugh, you know? I mean, even How I Met Your Mother has a laugh track, which I wasn't aware of until, like, three seasons in, and I was like, oh, when did that start? Yeah, like, I still oh. love that show, though. It's, yeah, I still love How I Met Your Mother. I really... Too long, but... I was gonna say, like, they really yeah. need to end the show. Well, there's talks they're trying to make next season the last. I don't know what's going to happen with that. I think both Allison Hannigan and Jason Siegel said that they don't want to go on past a season eight. And I don't blame them. Because yeah. the kids are teenagers, so when are they going to be born? Because they need to be born soon. <laughs> yeah, who knows? Yeah. I don't know. So, it's it's typical TV show crap. I mean, I have my when, own issues with Big Bang Theory as well. Basically about the fact that it's gone from being making jokes that people can appreciate to making fun of them. Yeah, it's gone It's gone to making yeah. fun of the nerds. It's like, okay, that's cool. And it's, it's also become friends, too. Yes. Has Everyone it? has a girlfriend. I haven't yep. I haven't seen, like, anything past they season four. half a show drinking coffee in a horrible coffee shop. <laughs> Not yet, but don't give him the idea. <laughs> Yeah. There's a lot of cafeteria scenes, though. And That's a lot true. of scenes at the Cheesecake Factory. So, but yeah, everybody's got a girlfriend. And well, Let's put it this way. It's not must-see TV for me anymore. I'll record it, and I generally get to it three or four days later, and if it's boring after the first ten minutes, I turn it off. I don't even record it anymore. I don't, I don't watch it, so... It used to be really fun, and then they got popular and <coughs> decided, let's stay popular by making fun of everyone that liked the show to begin with. Yeah. Like, yeah. I really liked the first, what, two seasons? Yeah. And then once Penny and Leonard got together, I was like, fuck this show. Go back and watch some of the early episodes, and then watch one from today. It feels like a completely different show with just characters with the same names. That's, yeah. that's my take, at least. My parents watch it, and I, I come downstairs, and I'll, I'll like, catch a couple minutes of it, and I'm like, meh. That's, that's cool. So let's let's not talk about this anymore, because this is lame. Alright, well, <laughs> let's talk to the fact that the writers for Star Wars Episodes 8 and 9, we thought to be found, but it's not all bad news. Um, they We all know that Michael Art is going to be writing Star Wars Episode 7. We talked about that a couple weeks ago. Well, it was also announced that uh, Lawrence Kasdan, the name might sound familiar, has been brought up, was being recruited to write episodes 8 and 9. And if you're wondering why his name sounds familiar, he wrote Empire Strikes Back, Return of the Jedi, Raiders of the Lost Ark, and they're mm-hmm. also recruiting Simon Kinberg, who worked on X-Men First Class and is writing their sequel. Now, it came out that these guys did not sign deals to write, but to be producers. Being a producer, and that those deals are closed now. I don't know. Like I'm still like sitting here like, I would prefer them to be writers and producers, but I could I could live with them being producers. My uh, understanding from what they've been saying is that they're going to be writer-producers. Oh, okay. So, and I mean... L- let's be honest. Lawrence Kasdan, he wrote Empire, my favorite Star Wars movie. This is awesome. That's, that's Bring Lawrence best. Kasdan back. He wrote Raiders of the Lost Ark. Yeah, 
his weakest out of, movie. His weakest out of the three movies I named is Return of the Jedi, which is still a fun movie. <laughs> still a great fucking movie. Yeah. I mean, Raiders of the Lost Ark is, is, is my absolute favorite Indiana Jones movie. Yes. Um, that's, that's the movie that turned me into a lady. Uh, not that I sound like much of a lady right now because holy shit this cold is kicking my ass it's because you're a raptor (laughs) 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 oh dear but hey things are shaping up for Star Wars that's the important thing and if they keep bringing in names that understand it or who've been involved or who are good writers I like this I'm pretty excited it's amazing what Disney money can do to things. But I'm, I've been sitting here like you guys can't keep bashing on Disney until they actually do something that'll piss you off. And they haven't done anything other than buy it. So, you know. I haven't bashed. I've just expressed my concerns. Just let it, Just let, let the course ride out. See what happens. I don't know. They've got a hard position there in here trying to do the next Star Wars movie. Hey, they decided to take out that challenge. They have to deal with the wrath of the nerds. That's true. Yeah. But seriously, Lawrence Kasdan coming back to Star Wars. I'm I'm stoked. Empire is my favorite Star Trek. I mean Star Wars. Star Trek. Wow. <laughs> Just checking on you guys there. Yeah, we're awake. Do I, we want? Not, do we want more than one movie, Star Wars movie a year? It depends on how they do it. If they do it where they're doing like animated <laughs> movies or just straight to DVD tie-ins that build up characters, I think that's okay. But if you're trying to do a bunch of big screen releases in one year, that's a hard sell for me. I, I don't like going to the movies, so that's my big issue. Oh, shit, i got to plug in my laptop. Hang on. I would love to see them doing something like, hey, going into Star Wars Episode Seven. here's the DVDs, or here's, some, here's a couple short animated movies or whatever that fill in the gap of some of the things that have been going on. I think that would be awesome. I would hate that... From what I had read, they're trying to model it after what Marvel did, trying to do the big team movie and then individual movies. And I'm not sure if that's the right path. I mean, as much as Boba Fett's fun, I don't know if I want a Boba Fett movie. Yeah. Um, sorry for the crotch. What about and... Boba Fett and Deadpool movie? I love that picture. <laughs> <laughs> I want that to happen. Oh, that would be awesome. No, I would, I would be stoked for a Boba Fett and Deadpool movie. <laughs> that would be cool. There's I apologize for the uh, crotch and boob shot that I gave there, and I'm glad I'm wearing pants today because my webcam fell off. This is the team up I want to see right here. I that think would... it would be fantastic. I just want to see them Boba on the team. Deadpool ride. rampaging through Disneyland. <laughs> I want I mean, to come see on. them. Who loses the here? Ride. I don't know. No don't one know. loses. No one loses. What do you guys think about doing the multiple Star Wars movies in a year other than myself? I think um, if they do like one big screen release and then a bunch of DVD releases, that'd be one thing. If they're planning on doing multiple big screen releases, just like you, I, I wouldn't yeah. I wouldn't be interested. Because I, I have issue enough going to the movies because I don't like people. They talk. So I expect it to be much like how they're running the Avengers. So, um, You'll get one big movie every, like, one to two years, and then a, a lot of tie-in movies here and there. And I don't see really an issue with that. Two to three movies a year, 
or two movies a year is, is, is acceptable, easily, easily acceptable, easily doable, especially with the sheer amount of Star Wars lore there already is written. I mean, they don't even have to do much work. They just need to take the books and the lore that already exists and transfer them to movies. True. Where, where I think it's a little different, though, that I'd make the argument is people for the Avengers movies are used to thinking of those characters as individuals, as not being part of an ensemble, and then bringing them together was new, whereas the opposite with Star Wars. You're used to the ensemble grouping, the large group, and trying to break down from there. I don't know. I think it's a little harder. Don't get me wrong. I'm bitching about it now. If it happens, I'll probably be the first one in line throwing my money out to go see individual Star Wars character movies. I would like for I would like for them to explore like a lot of the early Star Wars lore, like the Sith That'd um, be awesome. lore and everything, because that you know get a lot of Sith on screen and nice, awesome battles. I, that would be cool. I think one of the things we'll have to explore is the gap between Episode six and seven. Be that through comic release or animated movie release or something like that, because we sort we've they're already filling the gap between episode three and four, yeah, with book releases and things like that, and they're talking about wanting to do a TV series set in that time frame. Luke has been talking about that for years, and it's just the point that special effects weren't cheap enough to do it. So I, they really need to figure out what to do between episode six and seven. I think if their Is first that- set of these short movies or these or these one-off movies takes place during that period to explain what's going on. Was that the live-action TV series that they were talking about? Yeah, that's the live-action one he wants to do. Yeah. Now, with Disney money behind it, we'll probably end up seeing it here in a few years, I'm guessing. I mean, hell, they're already committed to doing a S.H.I.E.L.D. TV series to help tie into the movies. Which, you know, great for Agent Coulson. The other thing I have to say about the Star Wars things is... um, I started screwing around with SOTOR since I went free-to-play and I had a little bit of time this week. I am an amazing Sith. <laughs> Why does this not surprise me one bit? <laughs> I don't. I'm, I'm never. Uh, I don't think I'll play Sotor with you. You'll kill me. It's like one one of these three are a traitor. You need to find out which one. And one of my options was just to kill all three. So yes, problem solved. <laughs> I can see you doing that. I need to try SOTOR. I-, I tried Star Trek Online after it went free-to-play, and I got bored after about an hour, so I deleted that. So next Sotor is probably... SOTOR is an amazing single-player game. Is it? I'm yeah. Free, then. You can go through it, the whole thing, pretty much as a single-player, and uh, you know, screw around with the, the options, and you know, choose the light or the dark side. And it's got the Bioware story with it. Yeah, it really yeah. does. There we go. I'm sold on it. I'll probably be trying it out here in the next few days, I'm guessing. I still can't get the hang of PC gaming, so I will be continuing on my console gaming if anybody wants to join me. I will probably pick back up on Halo 4, too, now that I've finished the Borderlands 2 DLC that came out. And anyways, that's true. Halo 4 is fun. I can't... Uh, PC gaming and me just don't get along, because I, I just don't have good control hand control. Just like, I'm Anyways. All I can think is a Tyrannosaurus Rex from Meet the Robinsons right now. Oh, wow. We just did that, really? Yes, yes we did. <laughs> Someone needs to make a uh, an animated GIF of that, please. Let's see. We have a couple comments on the YouTube side before we go on to the next story. Uh, Drama Time says Winnie the Pooh loses. I think that's in reference to the picture I put up of Deadpool and Boba Fett teaming up. 
And then uh, then Paul comes on and says, Chris, getting bored after about an hour is my response to most Star Trek-related things. Thank you, Paul. Oh, uh, we don't have a Trekkie here in the audience. Paul, <laughs> Star Trek I'm is hardcore science, and it's... That's why I got more fun when you get to Deep Space Nine. You're like, fuck the science. Let's have space battles. I like Deep. I saw Deep Space Nine. That's the only series of Star Trek I've watched. I have not watched anything else. They did the uh, the, the next gen marathon on BBC America for Thanksgiving, and that was a lot of fun. I saw that they that, that they were playing that. For, it was like all season six and seven of TNG, though. Um. Yeah, because we were looking for Charlie Brown Thanksgiving, and I kept seeing Star Trek Next Generation was on. <coughs> I'll be honest, Star Trek is not my favorite of my fandoms, but I still really enjoy it. I mean, I like most sci-fi fantasy fandoms. Not all. Most. Um, <laughs> I actually... Of... I ahead. love Star Trek, so... I've been told I need to start watching Far- Farscape. I've heard, heard it's really good. It's all on yeah. Netflix. Yeah, so. it's... Claudia Black. Yeah, it's an awesome show. I can't remember the guy who was who played John Crichton, but he was also became the main character in Stargate for the last two seasons of SG One. That is, is Farscape yeah. the one that it's got Muppets. Uh, dude who plays um, Rumpelstiltskin was on, or was he on Stargate? He was on Stargate Universe. Okay. Yeah, it's got Muppets. I can't believe that was one of your arguments for it. It's got Muppets. Hey, <laughs> no, I was explaining it. I wasn't making it up. <laughs> Muppets will sell me on anything. I, I never watched. I never watched Farscape, but I did watch Stargate SG One, which was about the same time, and I was a big Stargate fan. But there's a lot of, of Stargate. Oh, there are ten yeah, seasons of SG One, five of Atlantis, two of Universe. That's why I haven't started watching Stargate because it's so intimidating on how much there is to watch. It's so like it's Doctor Who. Yeah. Doctor yeah. Who's intimidating too. It's like, where the hell do you start with Doctor That's Who? Why I haven't quite started on Doctor I Who yet. I started with the Ninth Doctor. I just went whole new series, and I'll go back and check out the other nine or other eight Doctors later. But I've I've, I've got all new series down, and new series has been pretty good. I'm still not crazy about Amy and Rory, but that's fine. But going back to fandoms, I enjoy. This is a story that popped up about a month ago that I missed somehow but I wanted to bring it up now, partly because I was watching some of the movies from this series last night. But uh, Bruce Boxleitner on Tron 3. It's not an if, it's a win. Oh, really? This was from September 28th. He was asked in an interview... uh, Sorry, I lost where I was on the page. A third Tron movie will definitely happen. Series star Bruce Bruce Boxleitner says, It's not an if, it's a win, the veteran actor is quoted as saying in Sci-Fi Now magazine, adding that the movie has been in development for quite some time now. He will be back to play Alan Bradley, and now whether he comes back to play Tron or not, he didn't say. Huh. I, apparently it's being directed again by Joseph Kosisk. And, uh, I just found some crap on that, too. I yeah. just hope it's a better script, because one of the things I didn't like about the second Tron movie is that it was like there were times where Jeff Bridges was kind of like channeling the dude. And yeah, then sometimes so it looked like 2001. And then there's that whole, like he's in the club and he does like this thing where, or like when he's touching the the, the ground and he changes everything. It's like, he's okay, Neo. it looks like the, yeah, it looks like the Matrix. And it's like, <laughs> it's like, okay, it's like, it's, it's the big Lebowski, 2001, the Matrix. It's not Tron. So yeah. it needs to be more Tron. The, the next movie does. I really enjoyed Tron Legacy. I like the cartoon, which is Tron Uprising, I believe it is, which is on yes. Disney XD. It's been a lot of fun, and that fills in the gap between Tron One and Tron Two. It 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 helped with the whole 
issue of Tron Legacy of just like sitting there like, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> there are so many plot holes in Tron Legacy that it actually kind of helps fill those plots. Well, did you guys, have you guys watched any of the uh, special features on the Blu-ray for Tron Legacy? No. There's the whole 10-minute clip of Flynn Lives where they start explaining the whole Flynn Lives movement that's briefly touched on in the movie that takes place over that, 20 years. That didn't make any sense in the movie because you're just like, Okay. They geared the movie sort of like how they did with some of the early Matrix movies and stuff where you were expected to see some of the viral marketing and to go see some of that to help fill right. in the gap, I think, which sort of doesn't make sense. But the yeah. Flynn Lives bit is really cool, and it's this whole segment on how people are opposing Incom's moves to not be a public company and give out software for free and things like that. And you find out that the guy behind the Flynn Moves, Flynn Lives movement, rather, is a Ram from the first uh, Tron movie, and Alan brings really? him back to come run Incom with him. See, I would actually, that's actually really interesting to me. So. And they start talking about how Sam Flynn does his yearly stunt to usurp control away from the board or whatever, and it, it ends with uh, with Sam getting into an elevator right after, and they seem to hit right after he's come to, te- to take over the company with Alan, and they ask him for a comment, and he just kind of looks at them and opens his motorcycle jacket and just has a shirt that says Flynn lives. <laughs> nice. It was it was a really cool ten minute video to help fill in some of that gap. Yeah, there's a, there's a lot of holes with Tron Legacy, and that's that's what made me sad. Like, yeah. Supposedly, there's an Easter egg in there to unlock some stuff that's supposedly going to be in Tron Three that they filmed during Tron Two, and I don't know how to unlock it. I'm yeah. sure the internet knows how. I was going to say the internet probably can help it's, you. It's on YouTube, I'm sure, but. <laughs> um, trauma team on YouTube says Indian Warrior leaving. Yes, I did see their final episode. Um, I re- they they were on there too long for me. Like I just I never got I never connected with Amy and Rory. Um, Donna was is still my absolute favorite companion of of the new series. So that you can kind of tell like where I lie with that. So that's that's my comment on it. Sorry, I had to put that in there. Oh, but, go ahead. Uh, yeah, Tron Tron three. I want I want it to happen, but I want it to not be bad. True story. See, I don't think Tron 2 was bad. I just think it was hard to follow at points. I don't know. I, th- I think it, it was made for the younger fans. That's true. You know, they wanted to bring more people into Tron, and that's that's fine. But I think that if you're going to do that, you have to also take into consideration your older fans who know the series or know, mm-hmm. knows the first movie and want to expand on that universe, you know. I have to say the, the, the visuals in Tron Legacy were... In, were, bleh, were awesome. That's Rough. the best word I can come up with right now. Is that and, and the soundtrack was <laughs> yes, I, great. I still use that soundtrack for writing. Yeah, that soundtrack is one I listen to at work when I'm trying to write documents and stuff because it tunes everything else out. But uh, just one last bit on this piece is that Boxleitner was the one that let slip the Tron Two development story in the past. So <laughs> maybe this is the third time he's letting something slip. <laughs> maybe maybe we should uh, just keep following him around. Just well, gonna throw that out there. I've always enjoyed Bruce Boxleitner because I don't know if any of you guys watched Babylon Five, but he was the main character for four seasons of it. Yeah. I, that's a series that I also love. It it hasn't aged as well as I would hope it has. Some of the effects look really dated now, but the story's still really fun. Well, yeah. you could say that with Doctor Who, though, too. I haven't started watch watching any of the Doctor Who stuff yet. You really need to start watching that. That's what everyone keeps telling me, but... I got too many other fandoms I, was, I like. I was going to say, you like Torchwood, right? Wasn't that I like Torchwood. So you would like but that's because of Jack Harkness, not because of... Mm. John Berman. Yeah. Here we, go. we got a story coming up next that Naki is going to love. Yay! Details on the Green Lantern 2 script have leaked out. 
They're making another one? Yeah. <laughs> like, That's the first thing real? I thought. <laughs> like, for realsies? Yes, for real. For real, real, are not they, for play-play. So, are going to drop another $85 billion into it to make us watch a video game? I'm is sorry, Ryan, maybe. Is Ryan Reynolds coming back? Yes, Hal Jordan will be back. Pretty much everyone we met in the first movie is coming back. They'll have to recast the voice of Kilowog because Michael Clark Duncan's passed away. Yeah, but my, is... but Kilowog will be back. But 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 even Blake but, even Blake Lively. That's the assumption. Uh, is there a thing now, right? Ryan Reynolds. Yeah, and they're, Blake married. Lively? they're married. Yeah. Oh. The site claims that Ryan Reynolds, Mark Strong, Blake Lively, and Jeffrey Rush are still contracted to return. Uh, and that Kevin Michael Richardson is expected to replace Michael Clark Duncan as the voice uh, of Phil my, my personal it's, thought here is Ryan Reynolds we need the is rock. not, we is need not the allowed rock. to make another movie until the fucking Deadpool movie. <laughs> <laughs> I know. He's yeah, Deadpool. The perfect Deadpool. He is the perfect Deadpool. Or the perfect Wally West. And he's <laughs> didn't get that That's one. That's what this movie was, isn't it? I mean, isn't this isn't him as Wally West right here? Not really. I mean, they it's, fucked up uh, Deadpool and fucking X Men. So. Well, that's because they sewed his mouth shut. I know. And right? then they killed him. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you you guys want to hear a little bit of the backstory of what it's supposed to be about? Sure. Okay. And just for some clarification, background on this, these guys also reported details for Man of Steel that ended up being true during Comic Con. So they've got a track record of at least being right to that point. They state that the film is mostly set in space and starts off with Hal Jordan and Sinestro pairing up to stop an intergalactic serial killer. Later, Sinestro frees said serial killer to join his corps, and then he leaves the Green Lantern Corps because he distrusts the Guardians, which has already been hinted at at the end of Green Lantern when he finds the Yellow Ring. I was going to say, he, he already got the Yellow Ring at the end of Green Lantern. It says, Sinestro recruits from War World, which I don't know what that is because I don't read the comics that much, and frees Amonsur, recruiting him as well. There's reference to Amonsur's attempt to draw the Green excuse me, to destroy the Green Lantern Corps, as seen in the comics. Sinestro kidnaps Carol Ferris to draw Hal Jordan in, and when Hal asks the Guardians to deploy the Corps to rescue Carol and defeat Sinestro, they refuse. Go big shot because they're a bunch of dicks. He then asks the whole of the Corps via his ring, and several hundred respond, resulting in a battle between the two Corps. Let's see. Hal, Kilowog, and Tomar Ray use the battle as a distraction, allowing them to get to the surface and rescue Carol. They're confronted by Sinestro and his two cronies, Hal and Sinestro evenly match while Kilowog defeats the, his crony and Tomar Ray as well. Carol is rescued. Meanwhile, the battle between the two cores ends with the Sinestro Corps retreating. They say it foreshadows for a third film discussing the War of the Light, whatever that is. So it sounds like it'd be badass because it's going to be a lot of fighting and cool Green Lantern constructs versus being on Earth being a douchebag. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, if they can make a movie that actually pans out to be in a bunch of cool fights and cool Green Lantern ring battles and constructs, I think it'd be a lot of fun. Because I think what fell apart with the first Green Lantern is, one, the story was really boring. Two, yeah. the characters didn't get to do anything cool. The The Green Lantern origin story isn't exactly, like, boom, flash, like, awesome or whatever. But... I just have you read Jeff Johns' uh, Green Lantern, what is it, Rebirth arc yes. or, or his is origin, it, Secret Origin? Well, that's it. Here, here's what they did with with the first movie was that they tried to combine both original origin and Rebirth at the same time. Yeah, and it didn't make any sense because you had 
both Parallax and, you know, it, was, it just, it was so fucked up. Parallax was the worst villain to have as the first villain in Green Lantern. If you're going to go the villain of Parallax as your first villain, then you should have not done the original origin at all and just start with the rebirth. Yeah, but they're afraid, and I kind of understand from this standpoint, that most people who aren't comic book fans don't really know much about Green Lantern. Well, that's and that's fine. You had then to do an origin in that regard. And that's fine. You know, do the origin, but don't go automatically first thing to Parallax, because Parallax is just, you know, he has this whole giant backstory with him, you know, and it's, you, you don't... Green Lantern is one of my favorite, you know, superheroes, you know, that's why I have the poster. It's not because, you know, I like the movie, because the movie was shit. I thought it's because you need <clears throat> DJ time to Ryan Reynolds. Oh, man, there's movies for that. <laughs> 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 but, you know, it's... They... they did the, the and this is what I fear with the Superman movies. They crammed so much into one movie, trying to make it more exciting than what it than what the origin really is. I mean, but the main the like plus having Blake Lively, I, I think she's a shit actress. Like I don't think she can act at all. So that didn't help things at all. Um, she wasn't there for her acting ability. No, she's just there for sex appeal. And I'm sorry if you're gonna have sex appeal, there's 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 better actresses out there for that. Um, there was there was just so much wrong with the first movie that I want them to scrap the whole thing and do it again. Just, just fuck it. This movie never happened. You know? It. Bear in mind, the last time they did something like that, we got Superman Returns, which ignored Superman 3 and 4. Yeah, you know. <laughs> the track record's not there for that. <laughs> I know, but I... You, we watched a two-and-a-half-hour-long video game. They have things like the Muppet Workshop at their disposal. You know, there's there's so many things that could have been done to make this movie good without all the lens flare and the CGI and the, all of that bullshit, you know, that it... Uh, I really wanted Green Lantern to be good. It's still less lens flare than Star <laughs> Trek. I don't know. It's pretty comparable. Pretty comparable to Star Trek yeah. lens flare. Like it's it. There's just it really is. There's there's so much that that could have been done, you know. And the parallax storyline is a great fucking storyline. Like if you're gonna go that route, that's fine. You know, go to the or start with the origin and then go to where he's possessed by parallax and he starts killing off the Green Lantern Corps. And you know, there's so much that could have been done and they just what. Oh, by the way, there's this bad guy. The Fall of the Green, Fall of the Green Lanterns was a very good story. It is. It's a fantastic storyline. I totally recommend people to read uh, that storyline if if you want to get into Green Lantern. Um, the Fall of the Green Lanterns to into Rebirth is a fantastic, you know, arc. It's great. So that 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 was my my super dick rant for a second there. <laughs> super dick mode. I uh, didn't call it, it though. I didn't call it, but it was just like. That's why oh. I interrupted you. Really you want, want, you to, want to do a retake? Want, and you can have. You can call it. <laughs> I want Green Lantern to be good. I really do. Well, let's do one more story before we move into our game, and we'll just do this one real quick because it's been sitting here for a while. Is that the villain in Amazing Spider-Man Two is rumored to be Electro, and uh, Jamie Fox is supposedly going to be Electro. Um, I actually heard about this. 
I think it'd be interesting. I Jamie Foxx is a great actor. Um, I think uh, Any Given Sunday is fantastic. I just wasn't expecting Electro to be the villain in Spider-Man 2. Or Amazing Spider-Man 2, or whatever they end up calling it. I think they just wanted to get away from the, the norms, you know? The ones that people expect. I think they just wanted to step away from that. At least that's what it sounded like. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Electro's not a bad villain, but he's kind of a punchline in most of the Spider-Man books right now. Agreed. He's yeah. not exactly threatening the, to me. They seem to be going with the uh, the more kind of... I, I guess the, the villains in the original Spider-Man series up until the last movie seemed a lot more grounded and earthy. Mm-hmm. Um, where, I mean, last movie you had Sandman and fucking Venom. Um, but in The Amazing Spider-Man, they went right into, you know, uh, Killer Croc or whatever the fuck his name is. The Lizard. The Lizard. Yeah, Killer Croc's Batman. <laughs> <laughs> they looked, they looked alike. <laughs> My bad. They went right into that, which is a little more, you know, off the wall. It seems like they're going with the less earthy, um, less standard set it, this time it, around. It would go with their genetic altering storyline that they set up with, like, the lizard. The if Oscorp. they make Electro, you know, part of, like, some sort of experiment, it seems like they're, it seems like, like, his dad was doing some sort of genetic experiments or something. It seems like that's the storyline they're going with, so maybe think, that's how it fits in. I think what they might end up doing for Electro in this one is they've been hinting at the fact that Norman Osborn's really sick and they're trying to find a cure for it, is that based off of Doc Connor's research and the stuff they've recovered from the park, from Richard Parker's research, they try and develop said cure and Max Dillon's the test candidate or whatever, and that's what gives him the abilities. So it continues to set up what's going to happen with Norman Osborn in the future, but brings in a new villain in the meat in the mid in the meat for now. I can't talk today, but because I'm sure they they have to bring Norman in for the third movie because that's the last movie they're all under contract for. They have to do it. You have to have either Green Goblin, Hobgoblin, or whatever you want to call him. Isn't uh, Iron Man three already this? using Norman Osborn? No. No. They have the Iron Patriot in it, but Iron Patriot's not Norman Osborn. Oh, okay. Because the, Sony has the rights to Norman Osborn, not Marvel Studios. Oh, yeah. But they don't have the rights to the Iron Patriot armor, which is why that's an Iron Man 3. Okay. <laughs> went, like, that's where the, the universe is getting a bit mucky. Yeah, it really is. <laughs> well, as we close out this story, we got a couple of YouTube comments. Uh, Troma Times says, sounds like they're doing the Sinestro Core War, back in reference to the uh, Green Lantern story. And I think he's right. Uh, Joseph Tallini, I think that's how you say it, says, agree with Naki. I assume that's on the, I want Green Lantern to be good. quasi-super dick. <laughs> <laughs> and then Anthony Bachman chimes in with, Shanene is no Max Dillon, but Jamie Foxx is amazing. We'll probably pull it off. Shanene. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think Jamie Foxx will pull it off. It just wasn't the villain I was expecting to hear for Amazing Spider-Man 2. But we yeah. already know that I'm not much of a fan of the first one anyway, so it really doesn't matter what Keep I say. Keep the mask on! Yes, please! It's a nope. secret identity. But it messes up his pretty hair. His oh. hair is gorgeous. You really, you can't, you gotta give it to him now. But he, he, has, should ha- he should have mask hair, though. I mean, that mask comes. There's too much hair to mask- It just falls <laughs> back into place. I just want to play <laughs> with his hair. Mm-hmm. Well, guys, let's, uh, let's go on. Let's play a game. Oh no! Would you like to play a game? 
Yes, we need to get the War Games thing on there for that. Would you like to play a game? How what? about a game of thermonuclear war? Yes, I love that movie. Shall we play a game? I yes. thought you were going for Saw reference there. <laughs> and I was just like, oh no, no, god, no. creepy puppet, creepy puppet. <laughs> Straight 80s computer hacker you wanna, movie. You want to <laughs> play a game? I thought of uh, Annie from League of Legends, but you guys don't play that shit, so. No, I'll play it eventually. Uh, but this keep week... telling me I would really get into that. It's the new game that's sweeping the nation. ATGN is proud to bring you fact or fiction. The rules are simple. We make a simple statement. You, the contestant, tell us whether it's fact or fiction. Now let's get ready to play the game. So what's our game? This week we're playing fact or fiction again. You guys have all played. But for those of you tuning in live, this is our game where I will make a statement of some kind, where our panel will then have to say whether that statement is fact or fiction and explain why their thoughts are on that. And I will then award points based on whether I think it's a good answer, a funny answer, and winner will get declared at the end. But much like the old show, Whose Line Is It Anyways, the points don't really matter because we're just playing for fun. So, yeah, pointless points. But right now, I think the only person who hasn't won one is Naki. Because I think I awarded myself <laughs> the win last night because I was last week because I wasn't impressed with any of the answers. And it's arbitrary. Bacon. Last week was the bacon game. That's right. Bacon wins. Just that's just a reference. Uh, that's just a point for you guys to remember. If you talk about bacon, I'll probably give you a point. <laughs> bacon. Anyway, let's go with our first fact or fiction statement for this week. When I open the right window, let's see. Fact or fiction statement number one: The Steam sale will make you spend money, lots Always. of money. Always. Always. Let's Always. start with Naki the Velociraptor. Ah! Um. I actually have not spent money on the Steam sale yet, but this also comes with the fact that I am very, very, very fucking poor. Um, the I almost, almost, because Borderlands 2 is on sale on Steam for 30 bucks, and I keep hearing on how amazing it is on PC. I almost bought it. I have not yet. <laughs> But Steam is really trying my wallet these days. Like it's it's getting bad, guys. I'm I really need to hide lock up my wallet. Put it in the freezer, like that one picture Ida had showed us last time. I, that's that's that might happen. That mm. might happen. Borderlands Two is amazing on PC. Yes, if you have a PC that can play it. Well, I wouldn't use my PC. I'd use my brother's. My brother has the super PC. But if you already have Borderlands Two and have played it, why are you going to buy it for the computer? Because I want to see the pretty. <laughs> <laughs> the physics engine is beautiful. Is it? it really is. Well, before we go on to our next person here, don't forget, those of you guys that are watching on YouTube, you're also welcome to play because it's not unheard of that I award points to the YouTube side of things. It's true. He usually awards it to the YouTube side and not me. I'm generally nicer to the YouTube side than I am to the panel. It's true. Just saying. Out of here. Yeah! Next. Rachel says go Team Naki. <laughs> um... I don't know what you're talking about. I'm not checking out right now. Um, <laughs> That's all you had to say. <laughs> I just saw them put uh, Quantum Conundrum on sale for uh, with all the DLC for five bucks. No way, really? Yeah. Oh, oh shit. shit. <laughs> Hold on. Tell me right back. Hold on. Hold on. If you guys aren't familiar with uh, Quantum Conundrum, it's by uh, Kim. It was a game by Kim something or other. I can't remember yeah, her last she name right on now. Portal. She's the, yeah, the lead developer of Portal. 
So uh, it's a it's an amazing game, and I just I, I looked at Steam right when you said the Steam sales. I'm like, oh my god, it's on sale! Four ninety nine for the game, the soundtrack, and deal, all the DLC. The season um, pass. Fuck holy yeah. crap! Um, AFK. Well, um, I have to change my answer now because I'll be buying something on the Steam sale now. <laughs> oh, okay. The Steam store is experiencing some heavy load right now. Please try again later. <laughs> oh, geez. Wait, wait. Did we just crash the Steam, Steam I think store? We, <laughs> no, we didn't. But... Shut up, Ada. Hey, we did it. Ada, hey, we did oh, it. Oh, it's back it. now. Yeah, it's back um, now. <laughs> I've bought so far. I've I've spent. I've bought two games. So I bought this now, and I've bought. Uh, Oh, Deuce X Human Resolution, five bucks. And I bought uh, The Walking Dead, so. How do you like The Walking Dead so far? It's pretty good. Yeah. It's an awesome game. It's my game of the year. Yeah, mine too. Oh. It's very story heavy. So if you're going in there with the expectation of killing a bunch of zombies, you don't get that, but you get one hell of a story. Oh, I episode go. four, in episode four, it gets a little Call of Duty. So Doesn't... if you wanted to kill some zombies, episode four, you get to kill a lot of zombies. So interesting. We've yeah, still got ten hours left on the autumn sale, though, guys. So just keep that in mind. Ten I'm hours, still... fifty minutes on the quantum conundrum. On man. the quantum conundrum. So I'll be buying that after the show. That's out. I'm sure. I'm yeah. sure. I'm also eyeballing Damn Doom you Three right now. Which I'm one? Pretend Doom like Three, the BFG Ooh. edition. Yeah, that'd be fun too. Yeah. All right, I gotta let so, Adahe stop talking because he makes me want to buy more games. Michelle, how about yourself? Factor Fiction, Steam Sale make you well, spend money. Yeah, I mean, I'm looking. I'm still like, I'm wondering if Max Payne is Max Payne still on sale? Uh, I think you have. Uh, no. No, that's okay. But yeah, I'm I'm looking at the page right now. So obviously, I've already spent some money. Um. You know. Um, already in this sale. Um, I always spend money for every sale, so <laughs> yes. There's just, you know, Steam take my money. It's just... Keep in mind, you have a month until the Christmas sale. <laughs> oh, Maybe that's when they'll put Dishonored on sale. Oh, probably. Dishonored they had that on sale on new. Amazon, actually. I was going to say, it, wasn't, it, it was on sale on something. I picked it up on yeah. Xbox for 25 bucks on Amazon this weekend. This is This is bad. I have it right here. Dishonored, mm-hmm. like it's still in plastic. I've heard it's very good. <laughs> like I haven't just, I just haven't got to it because I've been playing uh, that. Well, I've been playing this too, Assassin's Creed Three. It's pretty good. That's on my list eventually. <laughs> All right, so we have a comment. We have an answer on the YouTube side to a person playing the game. Anthony says, "Fiction. I don't use Steam as I've basically stopped buying games as my free time has started dwindling." Uh, Rachel says, I need someone to make me a list of good games on sale so it doesn't end up like last year where I bought all of the games. I have an addiction to clearance games. (laughs) Ah. As my grandfather used to say, you'll go broke saving money that way. Let's just do this. If you, you, uh, right now, Saints Row the Third is $10. If you have not played that game, you need to play a game. It is outrageous. Mm -hmm. It is... Sparkly purple dildo beatings. You you know... (laughs) Burt Reynolds gets to be your homie, you know, you get to dive out of an airplane to Kanye West power. I mean, it's just, it's the best use of power in any medium. It's just, it, it knows what it is, and it's just, it is all ways of crazy awesome. So, that's a game. It's $10. There's no excuse right now um, for you not to, to get that one. Unless you're me and you're super poor. Yeah. 
Sorry. Keep in mind that they, they have a lot of indie titles on sale too, and there yeah. are so many yeah. great indie titles. I just pulled it up right now, and He's I can make honestly me buy more recommend. Shit. Stop talking. I don't want to buy more shit. <laughs> Almost every one of these titles, like Jamestown, is amazing. Braid is beautiful. Braid's awesome. Uh, yeah. Bot Botnocula is good if you're into point and click things. I uh, Red Orchestra Two. That is some fun shit. Uh, Space Kim makes my head hurt. Uh, <laughs> it's all in a good way or a bad it's, way. It's it, if you were good at chemistry, then that would probably be a good game for you. Yeah, McPixel's just hilarious. Costume Quest is darling. It is. Costume Quest is amazing. Yeah. <laughs> well, we'll wrap this one up. I'll say I was originally going to say fiction, but now it's fact because Ad Hay pointed out a game I need to buy. <laughs> it's just fiction for me because I'm poor. Yeah, so, Trauma Team is on my t- is on the same thing as me. Yeah, fiction for being poor. Yeah, go <laughs> point awarding now. Ada, hey, you get one point because you made me buy something and you made me <laughs> laugh by saying you were checking out, and that was all you really need to say. <laughs> <laughs> I'm only awarding one point this time around. Ada, hey, you got the first point. You're in the lead, one to nothing. Go Trauma team. Team's my bro. We got, we got. Maybe you should learn how to say their name right. I don't fucking care. <laughs> I'm just going to call you T-Man from now on, and that's just how it's going to go. What if it's right. a woman? Factor fiction Table statement. man. Whatever. <laughs> statement number two. You were not surprised to hear that Call of Duty made $500 million in day one. We'll start with Adahe. I'm not. People are retarded. <laughs> um, <laughs> he's going for that second point right off the bat. <laughs> I, I'm just being honest here. Like I've looked at this game, and there's no innovation between... Call of Duty Black Ops 1 and Call of Blue Black Ops 2 or Clops as people have been calling it. That's what a lot of people have been saying is that it seems like there's nothing different between Black Ops 1 and 2, just some new maps. You're paying 60 bucks for a map pack. Yeah. It's it's horrible. It's it's it, it I've I know a lot of people who've been playing the living hell out of it because they're mindless drones apparently. Um it's just oh like sorry any of our fans who have played the game. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not people, sorry. You know, I, I, honesty, man, it's just like really it, when you're paying sixty dollars for the same game every year, what the fuck is wrong with you? But there's you have to understand there are some people that that is the only game that they buy. Um, same there, with Madden, folks. Yeah, the, there's you have to understand there are some people that buy Call of Duty. They don't consider themselves gamers because that's like the only game they buy. All year, and that's the only game that they play, and because they just want to come home and shoot shit. So, you know, it's, it's 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 a phenom onto itself. You know, that's why you know a lot of the clones don't make that type of money because um, somebody said that you know they're buying a brand, and that's what it is. You're not really buying innovative games. You're just you know you go to the store and you buy like if you you. If you've used Tide all your life, and they've come up with like a new version of Tide, you just keep buying that because it's Tide, not Brand because loyalty. not yeah, not because it's some sort of new innovative laundry detergent. It's just it's Tide. That's what you know. That's what you use. And even though Era and stuff is all around, it's just it's just Tide for you. So for some people, it's just Call of Duty. They could just make <laughs> Call of Duty. And 47, and people will still just, that's the thing that they'll buy because it's just I, I, the brand. I, I agree with what you're saying. I actually do. I mean, I, I've seen it. And with with the sports games, though, I see a difference between sports games and this, Chris. Um, 
sports games, there's not a lot of room for innovation. You know, you have people throwing footballs. You have people shooting basketball. There's not a lot of room for innovation. But in the FPS market, there is. No, no, I, I don't disagree. What I was meaning by that reference is some people, all they do is they either buy Madden or they buy Call of Duty each year because those are the games they like. I wasn't meaning that that, that they're similar in the fact that they don't innovate, even though in this situation they are a little bit. Because you're right, there isn't much you can do with the sports games besides update the roster, clean up the graphics a little bit, and then maybe change some of the, the play calling dynamics or something. Yeah, because when they rewrote the physics engine, that went well for them this year, and I've heard nothing but bitching <laughs> over that. It's like, we have better physics now. We all hate it. It's horrible. Uh, it's a lose-lose, because people will bitch about what happens this year, then they'll get used to it, they'll change it next year, and the same thing will happen again. It's the cycle of Madden. Yeah. yeah. They make a change, everyone hates it for about two months, then they forget about the change having ever happened, and that's what they expect it to be all the time. Then it's changed once more. Yep. Naki, you're up next. You were surprised. You were not surprised to hear that Call of Duty made 500 mil in one day. No, I wasn't surprised. Um, I know a lot of people who play Call of Duty. Um, some who say they're gamers. Some who are just like who just like to shoot shit. Like that's <clears throat> that's what I do. And that's why I like Borderlands. That's why I like Heroes of War. That's why I like Halo. Now I'm beginning to play Halo more. Um, I just like to calm down by shooting shit, and that's cool. You know, whatever. And if the, if that's your thing, that's your thing. You, if you want to do it with Call of Duty, that's that's fine. Um, personally, there, I don't like the Call of Duty games because I feel like, and, and it's not even so much the game dynamic. I don't have an issue with the game dynamic. I have an issue with going on live and being berated for you know never playing before, and mm-hmm. so it's just like there. It's not a welcoming community. The Call of Duty community on Xbox Live is filled with more douchebags than normal for most of the other communities on there. It is, mm-hmm. and it's, it's so it's just kind of like you know that's why I don't like the game. I don't like the game because you know the story sucks. Whatever. I don't even know what the story of Call of Duty is if there is a story. I think um, like Red Dawn. That's basically Call of Duty yeah. Modern Warfare too. Okay, but like I, I just it's not fun to to go online and be berated for trying a game for the first time. You know, and trying don't play, play League of Legends. <laughs> well, I know, and that that I that I already know. Like, I um, one of my friends is a really big League of Legends player, and he's like, "If you go online to play League of Legends, let me know so I can be on your team and I can coach you what's going to happen." Okay. Yeah, as as for myself, I'm not surprised to hear it made 500 million. I, it doesn't really matter to me though because I haven't bought a Call of Duty game the last three. I don't think it is. I was one of the strange ones. I generally bought it to play the campaign, and then I didn't care because. I don't like going on and playing the multiplayer on there because of the douchebaggery that goes on. And if you don't learn the maps within the first week, you're basically toast because people spawn camp in there. Mad crazy. Mad crazy. So, point mad, awards. Mad crazy. Mad crazy. I think. Go ahead. Now, there's, there's one game that they really, really need to make. And this game would sell amazingly well. And they could use their engine for it. Let me just pop a screen share here. Oh, God. Just gonna say right here, this game needs to be made. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> it's Carl Winslow. <laughs> I would buy that. Black That's amazing. That is amazing. I I would buy it. I would too. <laughs> is Urkel an unlockable character? Oh god! Oh god! <laughs> so. Ad Hayes trying real hard to get the humor point here, I'll be honest. Uh, but uh Naki, uh, you're getting a point because you're talking about you're playing Halo 4 now. I respect that. Yay! 
And hey, you're getting a point because you brought up Call of Duty Black Cops. (laughs) (laughs) Can can, can I um, uh, ask for a point to be given to one of our audience members, Rachel? Because she just sent me a a gift on Steam for Borderlands 2. And now I'm kind of in shock and want to hug her. And I know she lives, like, far, far away, so I can't. (laughs) Point awarded. Yay! Rachel, I love you! (laughs) And now I have Borderlands 2 on PC, so that just happened. Let's see, we got a comment here before we go off the Black Ops topic. Anthony says, Black Ops 1 stopped me from buying any more of those games as I bought at launch day. It was one of the lucky people who weren't able to get on the multiplayer until nine months later. I didn't know they had that issue. Oh, yeah, there's a few people. That was pretty horrible, actually. That sucks. Yeah, that would make me not want to buy any more of them, too, I'll be honest. Yeah. That would suck. Statement number three. You actually brought this up very briefly earlier, Adahe, but going free-to-play will bring gamers back to the old republic. We'll start with Michelle. Uh, bring players back? Is that this statement? We'll bring gamers back, yes. Um, You're going to loophole me, aren't you? <laughs> <laughs> because if, if the issue is getting uh, people who played back... That might not happen because a lot of us already went through the story and so we've already experienced that and then also I've heard if you do the free tier you only get either one or two action bars and you Mm -hmm. really need more than that if you're going to go beyond you know like level 30 and get get even deeper into the game so um, we're talking just using the free and and stuff so knowing that I don't really think a lot of people are going to go back who've been playing it, it might get people who didn't want to pay for it in the beginning to try it out. It might lure some new people in um, because, you know, it's free. They get the awesome story, which I have heard. Um, I would I would try the Imperial Agent one because I heard that storyline is awesome. Um, but, you know, I, I think it might get some new people. Very few of the returning people might like mm-hmm. you know people who played it um, because it, yeah it's just a lot of us who've already done it have done it and it's like we're done it's old hat now yeah Naki how about yourself stop installing um, Borderlands <laughs> he 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 don't don't tell me how to live my life yo <laughs> um, bring players back I have to agree with Michelle um, from what I've understood, people are just done with it. They finished. Like, there's nothing more for them to do. Um, what I think will happen is it'll bring in players like me who didn't play in the first run of it and will, you know, finally check it out because, you know, it's free. Um, but I, as in the way to bring people back, no, I don't think that'll be what happens. Yeah, I tend to agree with you. Adam, how about yourself? Um, it, well, it will bring gamers back into the game. Yes, it will bring new gamers back into the game, if that works. But a lot of the old people won't return. Like I said, it's a great single-player game. You'll play through it through the story. You may play it through a couple times to get the different stories. Um, I recommend <coughs> Sith Inquisitor if you want to be a giant dick. Sith Inquisitor, it works beautifully. <laughs> I've also been told Bounty Hunter is pretty bitchin' too. Um... I haven't tried any of the whole Jedi thing, as they seem to be nice people, and it's no fun. You gotta be um, a Sith, then. Sith Inquisitor. There you go. Shock people with lightning. 
Fuck yeah. Um, Can you make popcorn with your lightning? I don't know. I should try. <laughs> but yeah, the um, lightning's cool, though. But uh, I, I don't see a lot of the older people coming back. Now, I do have a few uh, friends who have started playing the game again since I'm free to play, but most of them are still subscribing to the game. <laughs> um, they, they, didn't, they didn't come back for the free-to-play module model, they're coming back and still subscribing. So I don't... It, it's working well for EA and Bioware in that case. Michelle, I love you. I'm just going to uh, throw that out there. Michelle just sent me Saints Row the Third, so now I'm set <laughs> forever. Oh, beating I'm, people with dildos for the win! You'll love it! Yes. I'm and so that's, excited. That sale was almost over. That's why I did it during the show. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> the sale's, the sale's going to be over before the... The show's over, so. I love I you. Make sure you have that game. Yes, thank you. I'm so and excited now, guys. I'm so excited. Anthony's playing again on the YouTube comment side. He says, fact, I played the beta but didn't buy the game. I'm playing the Old Republic right now as I watch, so free-to-play is working for now. The limited account does kind of suck, like Michelle says. I oh, the, the limiting action bars doesn't bother me as much as others because I hotkey everything. Because I'm a, I, I was a, I was a hard school WoW player, you know, hardcore yeah. WoW player. So I'm used to the hotkeying and macros. So limiting my keys is like, oh, okay, I can only have ten. I only well, you can have two bars. That's all I want. Otherwise, my screen feels cluttered and messy. Yeah, for, for me, my answer is kind of a faction for like a better term. It'll bring people back, but not permanently. You're going to get a small bump as people are interested who haven't done it before, and then some of those people might stick around, but I think the vast majority will be like, oh, free-to-play, I've played a little bit, I don't really like it that much. I don't, I don't think know. it's going to make the money that they think it's going to. I don't think a lot of people are going to buy stuff. Yeah, I think that's the hard thing to do with most MMOs, because they tried to do that with Star Trek Online, <coughs> I'm not sure how successful that was. Yeah, a point I keep making to a lot of people with their MMOs, when they see them going free-to-play, they get afraid. And I say, now keep in mind, everyone, World of Warcraft is the exception. It's not the rule. Subscription models have never worked for hardly any other MMO. Uh, Free-to-play models always have, though. I mean... If they do them right. If they do them right. And I'm kind of feeling EA's not doing it right. Um, go shop. Go figure. There's a lot of stupidity in there. Oh, you want more bag spaces? Uh, you have to buy it. Um, oh, it's, and it's, then they have this weird coin system. Like if you were a subscriber for so long, and and maybe you get some. And if you come back, you get some coins. But maybe it's better if you just buy some coins. It's just. It's really weird. It's just. You very remember? EA is the king of the microtransaction right now. So they're going to microtransaction you to death, I'm sure. Oh, they will. If you start getting into that, I recommend everyone stay away from that market because the, the amount of crap that you can spend money on is stupid, and most of it, um, just be very efficient with your bag space. Um, you can tell your companion to go sell shit for you if your bags get full. So. Okay. Yeah. There you go. So, point awards. Anthony gets one because he's multitasking by playing The Old Republic and watching us. I approve. Anthony's the only one that gets a point just because I'm being a dick. <laughs> I'm just happy that I actually got a point. Well, actually, no, Michelle, you get a point because you gave Naki a game. I feel like a dick if I don't Aww. do that. <laughs> Yay! So, our last one, and this is an open-ended one. It's not going to be actually fact or fiction, but what movie are you looking most forward to in the next year? Now, Adahe looked up some of this during the pre-show and said there's a shit ton of movies coming out. I, that's a quote. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of them are sequels and remakes. Oh, and some amazing movies. 
<laughs> so since since Anna Hayes our expert on this having done the pre-show research, let's start with you. What movie are you most looking forward to next year? Uh I'm um ah fuck honestly. I'm just gonna go with the stupidest movie I found. Um Anna Hayes the biography? Pain Pain and Gain, sir. Pain and Gain. All right, now what's this about? <laughs> a pair of bodybuilders in Florida get caught up in an extortion ring and a kidnapping scheme that goes terribly wrong. <laughs> this is written by the same people that wrote Chronicles of Narnia movies. <laughs> starring Mark Wahlberg and Dwayne Johnson. Oh, God. <laughs> the Rock! That's why God. everybody wants to see it. Wait, it gets better. Directed by Michael Bay. Oh! Please tell me this is all a lie. Please tell no, me this is all a lie. It's really not. Oh my god. Oh my god. It's like it's it's like they were watching ATG and they're like, fuck it, we're gonna make a movie just for them. Oh my god, this is so ludicrous. Can we make can we please make a feel an all things good and nerdy field trip? Oh god. We need to make an all things good and nerdy field trip right now. It is officially up on IMDB right now. Oh my god. Oh my god. <laughs> Oh my god, this is real. There's your proof oh right there. <laughs> oh my god, Michael Bay. Oh my god. Tony Schlug's in it. Rob oh Corddry's in it. Ken Jeong's in it. Ed in it. Ed Harris. Ed Harris. Kurt Angle. Oh my god, if Ed Harris is in it, then it is real. Oh my god. Can it, please, please tell me that they were watching All Things Good and Nerdy, and they're like, hey, they got some great ideas. Well, <laughs> the Rock is... The Rock is going to have a busy year next year. The oh, GI yeah. Joe and it's in Fast and the Furious. Oh, I got more, guys. Don't worry, I got more. That was just the start. Don't worry. This comes oh, out God. April twenty sixth, twenty thirteen. Adahe is going to get in line tomorrow to get his tickets. I think. Oh, oh God. God, that that is. I'm going I, I we need to make it all things good nerdy field trip. I will travel out to wherever you guys are, and we will do this. We will oh, do this live. <laughs> Oh, don't worry, there's more. There's more. We have The Crudes. Have y'all heard of that one? Oh, that's the animated one. It's animated, yes. Um, Humans big... and Dinosaurs BS. Yeah, uh, the big thing I want to mention here is it star stars Ryan Reynolds and Nicolas Cage. What? Oh. What? <laughs> Oh, where's Keanu Reeves? Oh, <laughs> it also ha does have Emma Stone, but you don't—you never get to see Emma Stone because it's an animated movie, so that makes it far less amazing. Oh um, God! And hey, you got two. Let's go to someone else for a minute now. Is, is he gonna just—is Nicholas Cage gonna whisper or is he gonna yell? That's what I uh, want to know. <laughs> and hey, you broke the internet by bringing up that painting game. <laughs> <laughs> Michelle, what movie are you most looking forward to in the next year, other than Pain and Gain, of course? Other, other than the, other than the instant classic Pain and Gain. Um, um. Well, I guess I'm a sucker for Lens Flare and the new Star Trek. I wonder. That's right, if, December next year. Yeah, I wonder if it's um still gonna be more action movie than sci-fi because, like, in the first movie. Um, you know, like no one actually used, uh, no one actually said the word tricord or anything like that, and the science was just schlocky with like this red matter that's magical and mystical and made black holes and destroyed planets or whatever. So I wonder if it's still going to go that way 
and be all lens flary and um, beat him up and stuff, or you know, if he's actually going to try to put some science in it. Um, I do like science in my science fiction and stuff. So. <laughs> um, I'm one of those. Good grief. Um, so I am kind of looking forward to that just to see if it's. I forgot about that one. I forgot. I forgot that was in December. I was thinking that was January of 2014 or something. No, oh. supposed to be next. That's year. a good call. Naki, how about yourself? What movie are you looking forward to most in the next year? Um, well, fuck, Anahe just took it. Um, <laughs> oh, you haven't even heard some of the other ones yet. <laughs> uh, like Hansel and Gretel, Witch Hunters. Oh, not that one. That's not on my list. That will probably um, come out because it has um, Jeremy Renner in it, and he's still kind of a property. He's got some he's got some, uh, some nice arms going there. Um, yeah. Actually, besides like. Does The Hobbit count? Because, I mean, technically that's just a couple weeks. Well, there's also well, one the in sequel. 2013, too. Well, there's a yeah, one the sequel's next year. The so, sequel, so... I mean, I I got The Hobbit. Um, I'm still wait, trying wait. to figure out how that's a trilogy. I know. I'm, <laughs> here's, here's the real thing that I'm really looking forward to. I'm not even going to lie a little bit here. I'm fucking so excited for Monsters University. Um, that's a good I, one, too. Yeah. I have a love affair with Pixar movies, which is why, you know, um, I've seen every single one of them in the theater. I've, you know, I'm just obsessed with Pixar. And uh, Monsters, Inc. was one of my absolute favorite movies by them. Um, Boo is my niece. Um, If y'all ever get to see pictures of my niece, because sometimes I post them on my Twitter feed, um, she looks exactly like Boo. And I finally got her to start saying, Kitty! And I'm so excited. Um, so I'm really, I'm really, really excited for Monsters University um, to see what Sully and Mike Wazowski was like before Monsters. So just to point out, obviously someone at Google must be listening or pulling words out of what we say because now the top recommended video is The Rock Returns 2011 full segment. <laughs> yeah! <laughs> yeah! <laughs> I kid you not, my mouse is on it right now. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Mine is not. Mine says, now, hey, yeah, 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 I just yeah, refreshed yeah. it. Hey, I, I now want a live-action movie <laughs> with The Rock and Nicolas Cage in it. Oh, God. No. Oh, God. No. <laughs> no, you're going to make it happen. Obviously, we made something happen with Pain and Game coming out. Hollywood <laughs> is listening to us, damn it. That's no. scary. As, as for myself, the movie I'm most looking forward to, Iron Man 3. Of course. You and your serious answers. I'm I'm a big Iron Man. I mean, come on, let's be honest. Iron Man. (laughs) Um, I got the first two movie posters over my shoulder. um, I I just want to point out in the YouTube comments that Anthony has given his point to me so that I can beat Adahay. No, he says he wants to award his point to you, but I don't know if that's allowed. (laughs) Oh. We'll see. Help! I I can't puppy face because I'm I'm, I'm smiling. (laughs) (laughs) Anthony... I personally, I thank you for your... Okay, we, we will award Anthony's point to Naki. Yay! I'll be nice. But um, now we got to do the point awards this time, and come on, you got to be honest. If I don't give Adahe a point for talking about pain I know. And pain. <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> I didn't even talk about Ripped. <laughs> oh, God. God, you guys, Adahe, you're missing Adahe, out on Adahe, you Ripped. get a point for pain and gain. And now, one last statement we're going to do in this one. We're going to make it quick, because all I want to know is just... One thing, don't tell me about it unless we ask clarification. What is the movie you're least looking forward to in the next year? Just the title of the movie right now. Let's start with Naki. Old Boy. Out of head. Oh, 
so many warm <laughs> bodies. Michelle? Well, I have to agree with warm bodies. As for myself, the hob. No, I'm joking. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I'm joking. Robocop. Oh, yeah. That's, oh, that, that is coming cool. out. I tried to block that from my mind. That movie is going to rape my childhood, much like Michael Bay raped my childhood with Transformers. But I, I honestly thought that was 2014. Pain and gain is going to make my childhood better. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. You realize a lot of people are going to go see pain and gain just for, like, the ludicrous shit and giggles factor. Oh, God. And then it's going to make money. I'm going to be there midnight release of pain and gain. Fuck that. Oh, God. Oh, dear Lord. I wonder when that comes out. Maybe I could take a trip down to Chicago and we could see it together. Yeah, let's do it. Oh, God. That would be awesome. <laughs> now that the whole bit's over, I do have to mention two more movies. I have to. Sure. I cannot not mention these. We have Ripped, which is R-I-P-D. You know, it's an acronym. Oh. Which, which is a recently slain cop joins a team of undead police officers working for the Rest in Peace Department and tries to find the man who murdered him. This movie, quite the lineup here. We have Jeff Bridges. Well, it's based off of Dark Horse book, isn't it? I think so. Yeah. It's Jeff Bridges, Kevin Bacon, oh, God. and Ryan Reynolds. Oh, God. <laughs> Get out of my comic book movies, damn it. <laughs> oh, God. It also like, has James Wong, though. It's like The Rock, yes. And then Ryan Reynolds just kind of, oh. I really like Kevin Bacon in this movie, though. Yeah. I, that's a, and then one more, because we're on a Ryan Reynolds trick, Turbo. Turbo. It's a garden snail with a dream of becoming the fastest snail in the world. Experiences oh, a freak accident that might allow him to realize his goal, which is Ryan Reynolds and Samuel L. Jackson. Oh, God. Why these, they get these people to do these movies? How? So how much money did they have to give Samuel L. Jackson for this movie? That's what I want to know. Oh, God. Samuel L. Jackson can't say no to anything. I swear. Well, he did do the audiobook version of Go the Fuck to Sleep, which was fantastic. Yeah. Really was. Let's see. Let's, let's, that wraps up the game right now. And. Oh, God. Uh, oh, wow. Just... Red's also in that movie. Arbitrarily, I'm giving a point to Naki on that one because it made sense. So we have a tie for first place between the Adahe and Naki. Since Adahe has won once before, you lose this time. Ha ha. Yay! For pain and gain. <laughs> pain Yay! and gain means you live on forever in the in the Factor <laughs> Fiction Hall of Fame. How about that? <laughs> <laughs> oh God. <laughs> Let's, let's talk a little comic news here, because, Michelle, you brought up the Star Trek Into Darkness movie coming out, which reminded me, there's a story in the comic side where IDW is going to be publishing the Into Darkness Countdown prequel. So, okay. much like they did before the last Star Trek movie in 2009, they did the prequel books to fill in the story. They will also be doing the fill-in books that tie directly into the movie. Go team. Funny enough, they've also got the contract to do the Star Trek ongoing also, which I've read a few of, and it's basically they take original original series stories and then retell them in the movie world. Like they did Trouble with Tribbles and things like that. Huh. Basically, IDW's got Star Trek going for them and not much else at the moment. Although Mm -hmm. they do recommend in this article that since uh, Carl Urban plays Judge Dredd 
and he's also Dr. McCoy in Star Trek, they need a Star Trek Judge Dredd crossover book. <laughs> no. No? You no. don't want it? It's no. Just, it just doesn't add up. Probably not. Now, here's one story I just wanted to bring up because I want to make fun of it, and then we'll go on another topic. No joke, 52 variant covers announced for Justice League of America number one. 52? One for what? each state, Washington, D.C., and Puerto Rico. Oh, my. No Guam? No what Guam. The fuck? No well, Guam? They then didn't fuck it. Fuck it. Fuck it. I'm not going to buy any of it. They fuck didn't include shit. Guam, God damn it. Now, let me, be, let me start this off by saying... This is a blatant fucking cash grab. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, honestly, this is out there just to screw collectors who collect, who try and get all the different variants. Fifty-two goddamn variant covers. So it's like what three dollars? So that's like a hundred. Well, it's an issue once. They'll probably do more pages and make it three ninety-nine a book. So four. So four times fifty-two eight. That's two hundred and eight dollars. Yeah, if you try and collect all the different versions and. I'm sure there's going to be certain state covers are going to be rarer to find than others. And for some reason, I'm thinking Puerto Rico is going to be one of those. Oh, yeah. Maybe we should go buy them all up for West Virginia, bro. Yeah. I'm sure everyone's (laughs) going to want the West Virginia cover of Justice League of America. (laughs) Cole. Yeah. Well, there's been some stuff that came out about it. I don't think there's much difference between them. I think it's just a different state outline in the background is what it was going to end up being with these variant covers. So it's not like it's awesome difference. It's kind of lame. Yeah. I'm trying to find something on it right now, but I don't know. But that just struck me as a blatant cash grab, and it made me laugh. Just a little. Here it looks like in this slideshow, it's the Justice League raising a flag, and it's just the different state flags for different states. Well, that's lame. At least that's what they're doing for California and New York. Is it looks like the Iwo Jima statue almost, or the Iwo, here? I'll put it up on screen share. What am I thinking? <coughs> but this is what they appear to be doing for the different flags. And that's dumb if that's what they're oh, going for variants. That's really lame. It's like, not like you're even yeah. making them unique to the state, like putting something iconic to a state in the background or you something. No, like you're that. just you're just doing the flag. This uh, is a blatant Photoshop job, which they can churn a bunch of these out in like five minutes, all the different ones. Yep. I, I reiterate my stance on this blatant cash grab. Oh, yep. Yeah, if there's gonna be something like really cool, like a different, completely different you know, cover per state, I'd be slightly more interested. Or you take, like, a famous slightly. state landmark or something and put it in there. Right. Yeah. Um, I don't think we have any. Uh, Anthony... We got the bridge. Um, uh, Anthony Bachman says, Action Lab Entertainment is doing 32 covers for the new NFL comic one for each team. Hmm. And then Time says, I want the Hawaii one. I just... Yeah. <coughs> Stupid fucking cold. I quit. I don't remember <laughs> what I was going to say now. I just coughed it out. I don't know. All I know is that just seems ridiculous to me. And I, Variant covers are cool, but I think the variant covers were an issue in the 90s when everything yep. had a variant cover all the time. And look what's happening now is that even regular books of a of a run have like three different variant covers. Like one's a 1 in 10, one's a 1 in 20, one's a 1 in 100. And they don't really matter. That's the mm-hmm. awesome one Adahay's got. This is one I want. It is from Avengers number one coming up. It is Deadpool doing Gangnam Style. Yeah, Chris showed me that earlier. I'm totally ordering that. Oh, <laughs> this oh, has oh, to oh. happen. 
That's cool. No, it's really it's really sad <laughs> that the comic book industry hasn't learned from its mistakes and you know, it almost went extinct at the big you know, after the big boom of the nineties. It's just be ashamed to well, I think I have it, it do that again. It's I just, think part of the problem you have here is now is the comics aren't the end game for these guys anymore. It's all about the movies because Time Warner owns DC, Warner Brothers, and Disney owns Marvel. The big thing they've got going now is the movie properties. The comics just help sell those anymore. Which is really a shame because we're starting to get. Yeah, but actually, I mean, it really it doesn't help that much though. Because the comic book stories are just so different. And, mm -hmm. you know, a great example is like the Avengers. Um, you know, I read multiple articles where girls who thought, you know, the Black Widow was awesome in the movie, and then they look at the comic, and it's just, oh. And there's such a disconnect that it doesn't really help. So it's just just sad all over again. I agree. I mean, invariance became a huge issue. I mean, even the way they were tying some of the men is back when the Tron, Tron Legacy was coming out, they did variant covers for a bunch of the Marvel books that were basically Marvel characters in Tron-styled costumes. They had nothing to do with what was going on in the books themselves, except for Spider-Man's, because he had a costume that looked like it was out of Tron at one point. They, they obviously haven't learned the lesson, or they've forgotten and think that they can do it again. Yeah, because the '90s was terrible for it, and now we're starting to get back to it. Even even independent publishers like The Walking Dead 100 had like 14 different variant covers. Oh God! Yeah, yeah. '90s it, when, all over again. When the indie guys are doing it, then I start to get worried. Mm-hmm. It's one thing to do like one or two variants for some stuff, but to do 14, or yeah. in this case, 52 goddamn covers for Justice League of America <laughs> number one. Ugh. I'm off my pedestal now, though. Let's uh, let, let's talk some gaming. Supposedly, the next-gen Xbox details have been leaked out. The magazine called Xbox World, which is about to close its doors in December out of the UK, who has been right about stuff in the past, has started spilling some of the details, saying that the next console will be called simply the Xbox with no numbers after it. It'll supposedly ship with a quad-core processor, 8 gigs of RAM, Run Blu-ray, excuse me, run Blu-ray discs, and eventually support some form of head-mounted augmented reality in addition to the next-gen Connect. Yeah, the Google Glass, or like similar to, well, the Microsoft's already working on one, but similar to the Google Gla Google Glasses. Yeah, like a Google Glasses type augmented reality for gaming, which could be interesting. I know there's like the Oculus Rift being developed and and such, so it might be maybe that'd be something kind of cool you could use with uh, the Xbox. Yeah, I, I can't see 3D. I've ripped out my corneas like several times because um, contacts and I don't get along. So I can't see 3D and I can't use a lot of like specific glasses stuff. Like I, I rarely ever wear contacts now. Like it's a special occasion if you see me in contacts. Um, so I wonder how that is going to affect people like me who can't see 3D or can't use augmented reality. Well, I don't think they're looking at using 3D to be the end-all, be-all for it, but to have 3D capability, much like you see with some of the PlayStation 3 games now where you just have to toss on the glasses and play on a compatible TV. I don't think 3D gaming is going to really... Much like I don't think 3D Blu-rays are going to be the catch-on and be popular forever. I think it's a fact. It's a gimmick, it's a gimmick yeah. that's eventually going to go away. I mean, I mean 3D you know movies I mean? are already starting to fall off. Well, I mean, people don't want to pay for it. Yeah, exactly. That's the reason they were doing it, is because you pay an extra 3 bucks to go to a 3D movie on the low side of things. Sometimes you pay almost as much as six bucks to go to the 3D version extra on top of your regular ticket price. Right. Yeah. 
Um, oh, here we go. Anthony, going back to our variant discussion, says, and being a collector, I sadly bought all of the Walking Dead covers, and Kirkman's awesome superhero book, Invincible, is going to have 10 covers for issue 100. Oh, God. Now, spending so much money. Anthony, if you're still watching, did you end up picking the Comixology variant of uh, Walking Dead 100 up? Because that was really rare, and I know some people that had issue with that. They had a very interesting discussion on the Fanboy Buzz about it, about the fact that the Digital Distribution Center Comixology had a physical variant for Walking Dead 100. Oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> Anywho, going back to the Xbox, the name thing doesn't surprise me. They're just pulling an Apple and just calling it simply the Xbox, much like they yeah. do with the iPad. Who cares? The fact it has a Blu-ray drive actually makes me happy because I was afraid they are going to try and go to the whole just put it on your hard drive and play type thing which is fine if you have good broadband connection to be able to download said things, but not everyone has good internet connections still. No. So having the physical disc is still going to be a good thing, I think. I don't know. I know they're trying to... I know they're making um, a device that's very... Uh, for, like, um, television and... Like, it's a separate separate from the I gaming. Um where you can stream TV and internet stuff. Yeah, there's a rumor that I don't have the link to me. I'd seen it myself that they're basically looking at developing their own set-top box, an Xbox, yeah. much like, like an was, Apple TV or yeah. whatever. It looked like they're trying to do like a hybrid of the Apple TV and the Google TV to try and actually make a Microsoft cable box. Yeah. That could do all <laughs> I mean, And that goes back into their whole strategy they've had. They want the Xbox to be the center of your entertainment world. Because you can do all your app streaming, you can play your video games, you can do whatever on it. It's interesting, but that's a tough market to get into, so I don't really see it happening. Um, Anthony, over on the YouTube side, res responded. He said, nope, I got the regular 14 covers at my local shop. They didn't receive any of the Comixology hard copy versions. Yeah, the Comixology hard copy versions were... I don't even remember how many, but it was very, very short supply. Like, you can go on eBay, and they're going for ridiculous amounts of money. Wow. And like I said, it just kind of was surprising to me not to get in a digital versus physical comic debate that the digital comic vendor would put out a physical variant. Yeah, that was weird. I remember reading about it just thinking that it was weird. Sorry, I'm it, adjusting over It was here. something they said along the lines. It was to uh, acknowledge the local comic shops that helped them out and stuff because you can get a digital storefront for your local shop if you want so that if you buy through that, your local shop gets a cut or something like that. I'm not sure how it works. Huh. I mean... That kind of makes sense if they're trying to support the local comic business, but... I don't know. I, I'm, I'm a strange one. I buy both digital and physical, depending on what the book is. Some stuff um, I only get digital, some stuff I only get physical. One day. One day I will be able to start buying comics again. That is that is on my goals of... I keep watching right now to try to find the Walking Dead compendiums on sale, because those books are expensive. They are expensive, yeah. but it's totally worth it, because you basically get basically the first 100 issues in it all. I was or 96 say, or 98. Someone was selling it over at New York Comic Con and they were able to and a friend of mine got it for something like $35 or something like that. Yeah. Well, since we're talking comics again, did you guys see the story on Amazing Spider-Man 698? What was going on in that? I heard about it. We talked about it briefly last week that supposedly spoilers for 698-700 got out at a strip club in New York because some guy instead of tipping who works for, supposedly works for Marvel was tipping with spoilers. That's now, a great way to... Bleeding Cool redacted it. all of the facts, so we don't know if it was true, but Wednesday, issue 698 came out, but I guess it was Tuesday night, somebody had taken, who had 
worked at a local comic shop, had taken pictures of a big reveal at the end of 698, had posted the pictures to the internet, and it was all over what the big twist was that Dan Slott was doing. And I know he'd gone on Twitter and Facebook and encouraged fans not to go looking for the spoilers and not to spoil it for other people because it's better to go read it from the book itself. Right. But did you guys hear what the end result was of Amazing Spider-Man 698? No. No, but I wanted to look at it, so it's, it doesn't bother me if you want okay. to talk about it. So what's been happening is Dr. Octopus has been the main villain in the Spider-Man books lately, and what's happened there is he's basically gotten his ass kicked so much that it's killing him early because he's had ma- he's got massive brain trauma and things like that. His body's been failing him, so he's basically been using his octopus arms to get around. And at the end of an arc called Ends the Earth, I believe it was, Spider-Man captured him and put him into a maximum security jail. At the end of this book, what we find out is that somehow Doc Ock has found a way to body switch with Peter Parker and now has Spider-Man's body, and Peter is in Doc Ock's body, which dies at the end of 698. What? 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 Now my brain is explosions. And where this gets interesting is we know that issue 700 is the last of Amazing Spider-Man before they start doing the Superior Spider-Man book, and they've already said that Superior Spider-Man is not Peter Parker. So now people are starting to wonder if this Doc Ock and Peter's body thing is going to last for a while. Could I mean? This is fucked up. Yeah, I'm trying to find the <laughs> screenshot. It's fucked up. I like that. <laughs> it, it's a very interesting twist, and it wasn't one I was expecting. But it's I'm so I'm, and now I'm like super excited for that. Position. It's already gone to second print, is what they've reported. Also, wow, wow, wow. The pictures were all over the internet on Tuesday. I didn't find out. I didn't go look at the spoilers. And funny enough, I was actually guest hosting a podcast where I got on there late and they started talking about it, Like, you've seen the spoiler, right? I was like, no, what are you guys talking about? I know it leaked, but I don't know anything about what's going on. Wow. See, see now this is a, another case of, you know, I'm not criticizing what's going on in the comic book. I mean, I'm just like, like that to me, it's like, it's like fucked up Doc Ock and, Spider-Man, but it's going back to what we talked about with the movies. Like, if you're watching, you know, if you're a fan of the movies and you're like, I want to see what's going on in the comic book, and then it's like Doc Ock, Peter, what? So it's that's really interesting. How you know, I I really don't think the movies are really selling the comic books like some people might think. Yeah, I'm very interested to see where this goes. This is the screen that got leaked ahead of time. It's already out. You can buy it. This is solicitor's copies and stuff that have been out there. But basically, the big reveal here is that at some and it seems like it's already happened at some point, that Doc Ock has been in Peter's body for a while, and we haven't realized it. And that this is uh, Peter gets called in to meet with uh, Doc Ock because Doc Ock keeps saying the name Peter Parker, Peter Parker. So the Avengers bring in Spider-Man to go talk to him. And then at the end, we have... Right here, he flatlines. So the assumption is that Peter died in Doc Ock's body, and that Doc Ock now has Peter's body. I want, a, uh, this, that actually just made me want to read that series more. It's an interesting twist. I just don't know how long it's going to stick around for. Yeah, well, that's generally how things go with the with the comic book world anyways, but yeah. Yeah, I really want to... <laughs> I want to, and I'm four. And that, that isn't a call for people to buy me things. Like, I think it's really, really sweet that you guys are buying me things. That's amazing. But that, that, that I'm not, yeah. 
Anthony chimed in. He goes, "It's awesome. Dan Slot is crazy," and I, I uh, will I will say that I've had my issue with some of the Dan Slot stuff going on in the past. That I didn't particularly care for it. This intrigues me. There's a part of me that's cynical and doesn't think it's going to last for long, but that's because I'm cynical with most comic book stuff anymore. But I'm. It does I'm seem very, kind of so very curious to see where it goes. Yeah. And I'm very curious to see how long Doc Ock has been Spider-Man, and we haven't realized it for. It's smart to think that it won't last for long, though, especially in the comic book world, because so much of it's been so wishy-washy as of late. So. It, if it lasts until Amazing Spider-Man 2, I'd be surprised. Because I'm sure they're going to want Peter to be back in his own body for Amazing Spider-Man 2 when yeah. it comes out in theaters. And I know the solicitation has come out for Amazing Spider-Man 700, and if you look at it, it seems to be like Peter is in a heaven-like world and talking to all the people that he knew that have died that are encouraging him to go back and be Spider-Man in some way, shape, or form. So, it'll be interesting. The solicitation looked awesome. Yeah, huh. and, uh, Anthony continues to go, Slot was cool. He told Twitter, Twitter followers to avoid the internet completely, which I did. 698 was a great read. And as someone who'd been ho-hum on Spider-Man lately, who's that's his favorite Marvel character, I really did enjoy 698. Cool. So, I would, I would say go check it out. I mean, it's hard to find the physical copy, but pick it up on Comixology. It's like two ninety nine, I think three ninety nine, probably two ninety nine right now. Or wait until it goes on sale on Comixology, because I'm sure they'll do a Spider Man sale as we get closer to Amazing Spider Man seven hundred, which is just next month, I think. But yeah, batshit crazy, but fun. And as I look at the clock, I realize we're starting to run out of time here. So let's. let's oh wow! Well, so yeah. we are. Wow. I didn't realize it myself. Let's start wrapping things up, and we'll go with our regular bit of uh, what we've been into for the past week and week ahead. Yep. that special time where we tell you what we're doing this week. We start with uh, Naki. How about yourself? Um, I played through um, the Carnival of Carnage on uh, Borderlands 2 DLC. It's short. It's fun. It's short. Um, the, uh, the, the fact that they brought back Tiny Tina for more of it is pretty much what made it for me because I'm a big fan of Tiny Tina. Um, other than that... I'm not a fan of Tiny Tina, you're wrong. It's true. Um, for those of you who have watched our podcast in the past, uh, we've had a guest host named Trin who's been on, and I, myself and a few others have decided that if anybody was a real-life Tiny Tina, it would be Trin. So, um, now I want Trin to say all of Tiny Tina's little catchphrases. Um, besides that, um, I have been very sick. If you can't tell, I, that's why I'm a vol- Velociraptor right now, and I'm about to start coughing again. And um, and I also made a three-page menu for Thanksgiving. If you, I, I posted it up on my Twitter feed, um, and that took me pretty much all week. So that was that's been my time. Yeah. And Anthony said on here. Uh, in regards to the Doc Ock swap, he says it actually happens as Doc Ock is talking on that page, which is really cool to try and figure out how they did that. Ooh, before I forget, um, Kickstarter. There is a... uh, Rachel, who I had mentioned earlier, uh, sent me an invite for a Kickstarter recommendation called Helen Keller vs. Nightwolves. Um, Even if you don't feel like contributing or whatever, check out the video for it. It's hysterical, um, and it's it stars uh, Kevin Sorbo, Barry Bostwick, for those of you who are Rocky Horror fans, uh, Lynn Shea, Jesse Wiseman, and Jesse, Jesse Merlin, 
Um, but they're looking for funding, so they're on Kickstarter right now. When does that close out? Um, let me look. Because if it closes out later, we could go more in-depth on it next week, is what I was thinking. Um, back this project. Well, while you're Seven, looking at it, it. It has a week. That's okay. It. Well, how about yourself, Ada? What have you been into? What are you getting into? Uh, <coughs> the Walking Dead game. Awesome. Um, I just picked up Quantum Conundrum, so I'll probably play a bit of that. Hope you're not playing it already. <laughs> uh, no, not yet. Um, Assassin's Creed 3, since it just came out for the PC. Um... That's about it, mostly. Uh, started watching the Walking Dead series because, uh, well, I got Netflix again because I got bored with television. So there's that. <laughs> Yay, um, watching that, the Walking Dead. Well, that's pretty much it, though. And you're looking to get the compendiums, right? Yeah, so, but I'm cheap. Yeah, I understand that. Um, They're really good. I'm almost done with compendium one as I do my catch-up. Is and the compendiums... I've, I've is got that everything like... up to 100. Is the compendiums like what? What? What all is in that? So uh, the compendium first one, one is one through forty-nine. Yep. Oh, okay, so you just don't have to buy the individuals. You just don't have to buy the trades of the individuals. It collects gotcha. a massive yeah. amount. I didn't know if it was just going to be like shortened versions of each thing. Okay. No, it's the entire run. It's just put in one big book because the com- compendium one's like about this thick. Yeah, that's ridiculous. Compendium two is just about the same size. Okay. Um, how about yourself, Michelle? What have you been into? What are you getting into? Um, well, I finished Walking Dead. I've done all five episodes. and Was it sad? Yes. It's oh, very, no. It's very heartfelt, and it's such a good series. You know, Clementine, best written child character in quite some time in anything. Um, you really won't be disappointed if you've been playing it. Um I've also uh, been playing XCOM Any Enemy Unknown, and it's a good thing I like my ass because that game keeps handing it to me. Um, <laughs> uh, but you no, know, it, it's a good, really good game. It's just you, you, you know, you really gotta um, think and and such. So I've been I've been playing that uh, a lot. So that's on my list at some point. Uh, as for myself. Last week, I was actually on a few different podcasts. Uh, you guys might have seen up on our audio feed, there was the new episode of Spoiler Alert Theater from all the Junk Food Podcast Network folks. We talked about Skyfall. So if you've seen the movie and don't mind being spo- or you don't mind being spoiled, go check it out as we talk Skyfall, what we liked, didn't like. And that's part of the Junk Food Podcast Network. And what we're going to be doing there is uh, anytime there's a new Spoiler Alert Theater, it'll come out in one of the different network podcast feeds so we can spread it around some and introduce people to everyone on the network as a whole. Uh, this last week we had Anthony Bachman was on there. Uh, Josh, who does a uh, Points of Interest podcast, who interviewed Naki and I in Hybrid Interest at one point. And He's then we cool. also had uh, Jedi Ross and Potato Waste from An Elegant Weapon were on and myself. So we had a pretty good crowd talking Skyfall, and it was fun. And we talked briefly on the show that we really enjoyed Skyfall. Let's see. I also did Staying Off Topic with Josh at one point last week. I'm not sure when that goes live. And also was a last-minute guest host on the Fanboy Buzz again, which is kind of fun because we've got Steven and JS from Fanboy Buzz coming on next week, actually, to talk I was with say, us. They're coming up soon. Yeah, they're next week. They're on the 2nd. We actually need people to come on for guest hosting. If you are interested, please contact Chris or myself. We can schedule you in. Yeah, and then as for myself... Uh, Black Friday was rough on me, I'll be honest, because uh, I got Dishonored for 25 bucks on Amazon, so as soon as that comes in, I'll be buying that. And then uh, 
the guys over at Quantum Mechanics, if you guys haven't heard of them, they make really good prop replicas and fandom pieces. They did a Black Friday sale, and it made me spend money because I bought the one-to-one scale replica of Captain Malcolm Reynolds' pistol. Oops. <laughs> and they still Want have it. them on sale. They're 60 bucks on sale as part of their Black Friday sale. And then I might have also bought a 1 to 400 scale replica of Serenity because I'm a sucker for spaceships and statues and displays of them. But Black Friday's been rough. Very everyone's fair. a sucker for that one. I, I, if I had the money for it, I would have done the same damn thing. It's yeah, and anyone who's watching live and you're interested, the sale goes on, I think, through tomorrow. And totally <laughs> worth it because I like everything they make. And they do Star Trek stuff, Firefly stuff, Doctor Who stuff, Battlestar stuff. I've always been impressed by their replicas. And no, they're not paying me. I just really like their product. Products. And soon the sponsorships begin. Yeah, I highly doubt that. <laughs> uh, apparently we helped make a Michael Bay movie. That is true. <laughs> we keep saying his name. You guys put that in your pipe and smoke it. We made a Michael Bay movie. That's right. <laughs> what have you other podcasts done lately? <laughs> Actually, I think that might be a bad thing now that we think about this here. This mm. might actually hurt our reputation a little bit. Shut up. That's cocaine and cane. Well, I it's think that about... It's almost as bad as shake and bake. Shake and bake and I have to. Anyways, I think that about wraps us up for this week. Before we close out, you guys have any closing thoughts for us? <laughs> All right. Anyone else? Add hey, Nothing? <coughs> I take it that's no. And since it hasn't been said this week, I'm just going to say it. Dick butts. Dick butts. So we can put that in there. So uh, thank you, everyone, for tuning in, watching us live this week. Don't forget, we stream live every Sunday at 11 a.m. Eastern time. And to watch us live, we'll post a link out on Twitter and Facebook. So you can find us on Twitter at ATGN Podcast or on Facebook at Facebook.com slash All Things Good and Nerdy. Like Naki said, if you're interested in guest hosting, just hit one of us up, either Facebook, Twitter, Whatever method works best for you, we'll get you scheduled in. We're always looking for guest hosts. Uh, we always like your feedback, too, so you can leave feedback any one of those ways. Or you can call us on our Google Voice line, 304-806-ATGN, which has actually been used once. Yay, Ooh. Anthony. Yeah, yay, Anthony. And let's see. I, I still need to drunk dial us at some point. There you go. And, oh, and don't forget to find the sh- the audio version of the show. You can go to atgnpodcast.com. We're on iTunes. We're on Stitcher Radio and Player.fm. Just search for all things good and nerdy in their search bar there. And I think that wraps us up this week. Thank you, Michelle, for coming back again and taking the record as the most numbers of guest host positions on the show. It is mine, mine, mine. I'm sure Ryan will be fighting with you for it at some point now. I want to see this battle to the death. I'm sorry. I'm ready. Fight to the death. That, no, we don't want them to fight to the death because then we need more guest hosts. Oh, that's true. <laughs> don't fight to the death. Don't fight to the death. Just fight to maim. <laughs> okay. okay. <laughs> but I think that wraps us up for this week. Thanks again for everyone who tuned in live and listened at a later date, and we'll see you next week. Bye. Bye. Thanks for tuning in to this brand new episode of All Things Good and Nerdy. If you want to know the up-to-the-minute happenings of the show, feel free to follow us on Twitter or on Facebook. The show can be found on Twitter at ATGN Podcast or on Facebook.com slash All Things Good and Nerdy. If you have any comments or feedback, you can leave them either on Facebook or on Twitter, or you can hit us up at our voicemail number. Just call 304-806-ATGN and we'll get your message and we'll try and put it on the next show. Don't forget, the show streams live every Sunday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time. 
We post the link on Twitter and on Facebook so you can watch us and chat with us while we discuss the happenings of the week. If you can't catch the show live on YouTube, feel free to check us out on the audio version. You can find us on iTunes or on Stitcher Radio. Just search for All Things Good and Nerdy and download the show. But if you don't want to use any of those services, just go to atgnpodcast.com and you can download the podcast directly from our website. That wraps up another episode of All Things Good and Nerdy. Thanks for tuning in, and we'll see you guys next week. Bye. Thank you.